so close to me It's hard to fight these feelings When it feels so hard to breathe Caught up in this moment Caught up in your smile I've never opened up to To rush this, let's just take it slow. What's coming up next is our key to success. We'll turn to me and do a four corner press. Don't wait too long. And uh, we're all here. Uh, Terrence, Tim, Ellen, and Rob Myers, and myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, thirty-seven. Uh, thirty-seven. <laughs> so instead of you know doing our little intro thing, uh, how about we just cut to the big, big, big news? Uh, Kurt Suzuki is back with Oakland A's. So that's fantastic. Um, that- I'm so happy. I loved him in Goodwill Hunting, so yeah, I, I think it's a great move. Yeah. Uh, do you like apples? Well, check out these apples. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the big news was going to be that uh, Bradley Cooper was going to be the voice of Rocket Raccoon for Guardians of the Galaxies. That's what dropped no, yesterday. No. Yeah. No, that kind of got forgotten because <laughs> of big Warner Brothers. What's bigger than that? Uh, Jerry Lewis uh, making a sequel to The Nutty Professor. <laughs> oh wow. Stop the presses. You mean they're remaking that Eddie Murphy movie? <laughs> Touche. Touche. Yeah. So what what could it be, Dane? Uh well the big news is, of course, uh Kurt Suzuki's with the Oakland Athletics and uh the Nationals pretty much got nothing for him. Uh but also the big news is that Ben Affleck is going to be playing Batman and Superman and Batman, uh, the the Man of Steel sequel. Uh, so, yeah, that's happening. It took me by surprise. I didn't even expect it. I thought Tim was talking about uh, Bradley Cooper uh, for a second. And uh, I just wanted to personally thank Tim because he's the one that posted my post on the website when it broke because I was driving home at that time. And he was always, as he always is, in front of his computer. So thank you, Tim. No problem, yes. Unfortunately, that is true. I'm at my computer pretty much 24-7. <laughs> I have this little corner in my room where I spend pretty much most of my time at. Yeah, and um, as you would expect, I mean, uh, we saw it with Heath Ledger. We kind of saw it with Christian Bale. I mean, I, I was a kind of a Christian Bale hater for a little bit, but, uh, man, the Ben Affleck hate is 
crazy. I mean, everywhere you go, people are either unsatisfied with this decision or they love it. I mean, I, I don't think there's really an in-between yet. It's either you love it or you hate it, which is kind of surprising, uh, considering that he's made critically acclaimed movies. He's acted in critically acclaimed movies. Sure, he made a couple of stinkers, like Armageddon. For the most part, I think he's a good actor. And, you know, I'm 100% behind this this decision. Well, I think that wraps it up. We can go to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you spoke for all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, I mean, put it, put, put it this way. Uh, Kyle Avery, Tim, your co-host on the, the Star Wars podcast, mm-hmm. he, uh, he, he put it perfectly. He said that, uh, I like Ben Affleck as Batman, but I don't know how it's going to be in it. If it's bad, um, it's not going to erase what Christian Bale did. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the way to look at it. So, so thank you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, if you think about it, for me personally, I got my favorite interpretation of Batman is always going to be Kevin Conroy's in the animated series. That's always going to be number one. But on the live action front, Christian Bale is, I think, it's going to be really hard to do better than what he did. So, like, even if Ben Affleck turns out to be the worst Batman out of them all, which I think it won't be the case, George Clooney will probably always have that mantle. <laughs> it's like, it's, like you said, it's not going to affect the Christian Bale movies or if you're a fan of the Michael Keaton ones or whoever is your favorite, you're still going to have those. So, to get all bent out of shape or saying, oh, this is going to kill Batman in his movie franchise again. And I was like, no way. I mean, so Batman's already proven. Nothing, no matter how bad a movie is, it won't kill the character as far as him being in movies. So I think straight out, say that out of the way is that, yeah, good or horrible is that this decision might be it's not going to ruin the Batman movie franchise at all. But for me, when I first heard it, I was I was shocked for a bit like everyone else was. And honestly, probably first initial reaction was kind of more to their negative side, was saying, oh, really, Ben Affleck? But then it was like, what am I really basing that on? It's mainly just from what I hear other people say about it, because he's like the joke of everything as far as, like, one of the hated actors or the actor that everyone likes to make fun of. And then I've, I think I've only seen one movie of his, which was Armageddon. I really haven't seen anything else. Not even Daredevil. But, uh, so I really can't judge his acting performances for myself based off Armageddon. And then from what I hear, like you, Dane, and from other people saying his last two movies, Argo and uh, The Town, everyone says he's great in those. So, Oh, yeah. It's kind of gave my, brought my hopes up a bit that he could be a pretty good actor to fill the role as Batman. But probably my biggest issue is that it's going to be one of those things where when you see the movie, you're going to be seeing Ben Affleck and not Bruce Wayne slash Batman. It's going to be like, you're just seeing him doing another performance because you just, he's just one of those popular actors that you see everywhere. And it might just be like a little distracting as I'm watching it. Unlike whereas Christian Bale is that he was Batman and Bruce Wayne. It wasn't like, Oh, it's Christian Bale in this, in a Batman movie. That's kind of my big worry about the whole Ben Affleck thing that it's going to be one of those distractions where you're just seeing the actor instead of the character. I don't know if you guys felt that way, but right now that's kind of my main concern about it. Not his acting ability or anything like that. Just kind of that distraction of having, a big star in there. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, but I'm on board 100%. I think this is fantastic because, I mean, if you're a Batman fan, you have to love the fact that he's pretty much one of the biggest uh, stars in Hollywood right now. I mean, he just won the Academy Award for, um, you know, Argo. He could basically do whatever he wants, and what, and he's willing to do Batman. He's one of the few actors who actually played a comic book artist in a movie, which he, he did he twice, I think, or maybe three times in the uh, Kevin Smith 
you know, uh, universe. He played the, the comic book artist in uh, Chasing Amy, and then they showed him again in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, I I liked Armageddon. I thought he was good in Pearl Harbor. He was good in uh, Good Will Hunting, which he also won an Oscar for. Um, I haven't seen some of the earlier ones. I, Daredevil, I thought, was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Um, and, you know, he's playing really two roles. He's playing Bruce Wayne. And he's playing Batman. And I don't see why he would not be a great Bruce Wayne. And as far as being Batman goes, well, half the time when you're watching Batman, you're watching the stuntman doing the the fighting and things like that. And, you know, it is Zack Snyder. And I think the one thing we agreed on when we talked about the movie uh, last uh, or two podcasts ago when it was announced is that the movie would look good. We didn't know how Zack Snyder would do with his character and his storytelling, but we said it'll look good because all his movies always look good, even if the story's lacking. So, you know, he's going to have a dark, edgy tone. Batman and the effects are going to look good. And I'm on board. And, and what's great, too, is this isn't the reboot of Batman. This, so if it is horrible, if it doesn't work, it was a bad Batman appearance in a Superman movie. You just write it off and they can still do the reboot and they can still go like the Amazing Spider-Man and, and start over again. It doesn't kill the franchise. Uh, but if it's awesome and it's great and people love it and he does a great job, well, then he can go right in and, and make a Batman solo movie. Uh, and he's definitely, you know, um, dedicated to this and, and be, would be willing to do it if he's, you know, can do anything he wants in Hollywood. And this is what he's doing. Uh, the other cool thing for Batman with this is it's got everybody talking. If if they had yeah. announced, <laughs> yeah, if they had announced uh, an actor that we hadn't heard of, like even when Christian Bale was announced, he wasn't very well known. You know, the average Joe on the street wouldn't be talking about this. Everyone's talking about this, and that's great for Batman, good or bad. I mean, I was listening to the sports radio station today in, in Raleigh, um, Durham area, and they were talking about it on the sports radio station. You know, so it's like it, it transcends the 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 comic book fan or the, the average fan, and I think that is something that a Man of Steel sequel is going to need. And... um I mean, we can talk about this later, but I think, you know, I just get the vibe that Zack Snyder is going to go all out. And I think I could be wrong and I've been wrong before, but I have a feeling the villain will or the villains will be Lex Luthor and the Joker. So I'm really curious to see where they would go with the Joker casting or if they would go for the Joker or if it's too soon. But I just get that feeling that Zack Snyder is going all, all in on this one here. Um, and I think for me, even the. The, the great news, too, on this, too, was that they announced that the film would come out in 2015. It it seemed uh, yeah. very concrete, where a lot of times with Warner Brothers and Justice League and Wonder Woman and Flash, they say a film and they say a date, and then it's just like, then you never hear of it again, and that date comes and goes. This It seemed more concrete. Like, if we got Ben Affleck, and it's 2015, and it's like, I'm ready yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, even the exact date. So I'm ready to go get in line for my ticket. So I love it, and if it turns out to be a disaster, um, then, um, hey, no big deal. It was a bad Batman and a Superman movie. We move on when we reboot. Um, and I've learned my lesson with Heath Ledger, and I learned my lesson with Michael Keaton back when I was in ninth grade and going, oh, my, or actually eighth grade, I think, and going, they can't do Michael Keaton. He's a comedian. He's Mr. Mom that, um, you know, you, you can't judge it by the casting. You got to wait and see. So uh, I think uh, I think it's going to be good. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, uh, Terrence. Uh, I remember, I think I was probably in eighth grade, eighth or ninth grade um, when Batman came out, and I was 
clipping articles and doing anything I saw in Batman. I was uh, cutting out articles, and I bet I still have it somewhere. But I had some of those articles that were saying, oh, Mr. Mom and Beetlejuice is going to be Batman, and this is horrible. And it's almost, if the Internet was around back in, you know, 89, 88 or whatever, I think we'd be seeing the same type of uh, thing going on with uh, what Affleck is doing. And then, you know, just like you mentioned, people talking about Heath Ledger, this or that. I want to start going on Facebook and Twitter and just start writing down people's names <laughs> that are saying this is the worst decision ever in the world. And then when those people start going, oh, Ben Affleck was great. I can't think of another Batman. I'm going to go, oh, wait a minute. Two years ago, you said this was horrible. Uh, before you say a comment, you now have to publicly apologize to the world. Um, you know, people, I think, are projecting you know, Geely, and they're projecting, you know, whatever movie they didn't like him in, they automatically think, well, he's going to take that part that he played in Pearl Harbor, and he, that, that's what his Bruce Wayne's going to be like. Um, I I don't see that happening, you know, for one single solitary second. Um, and I yeah, will... Yeah, and that's, that's kind of a dumb way to think about things, because, I mean... Unless he's been living under a rock, I'm sure he knows what Christian Bale did with the character. And, you know, when it comes time to film the Superman Batman film, he's going to bring his A-game because, you know, he doesn't want to end up like George Clooney. You yeah. Know? I mean, he, I, I don't think he's dumb. I mean, I don't know him, but I can only assume he's not an idiot. Um, only in the fact that he's a Red Sox fan, though. That's about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that and him also being a director, and Zack Snyder says that he likes working and collaborating with you know his ensemble cast. So he's getting an Academy Award-winning director on screen in the form of Bruce Wayne and Batman. You know he's going to be picking uh, his head, and plus with one of his best friends being Kevin Smith, who is a huge Batman fan, I'm sure. He's like, you got to do this, you got to say this. So, um, And um, I've heard people speculate that when they announced this at Comic-Con, that the movie was coming out, I bet Ben Affleck was already cast. Um, they had everything ironed out. And people have been saying that Ben Affleck has been going to the gym for weeks, you know, working out. And he's just saying, oh, he's been working out. So if he's been going for weeks, he's probably been going for a couple months to work on stuff. And usually when you do screen tests or will they say, hey, we're looking at, you know, Ben Affleck for Batman, executives say we want to see him, we want to see a screen test. So I bet he's worn some type of cowl, some type of cape. They've shot some just screen test footage. And whatever that they saw in the screen test footage, somebody said, yes, that's the guy. So, you know, people say, were saying, you know, I believe in Harvey Dent. I believe in Ben Affleck. I've been a, a fan of his since Mallrats all the way through everything he's done. And, you know, uh, was it Changing Lanes with uh, Samuel L. Jackson, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, that was great. Uh, the Town, uh, we watched Argo probably a couple months ago, and that was one I told my wife after it was over. I thought, I, I think we should have seen this in the theater. Now I can, you know, see, you know, uh, what he has been doing and, uh, and and why it won the awards that it has. So, I, again, I'm behind it, and it's one of those they say don't judge a book by its cover, but just seeing people go totally ballistic. And, you know, I read a post where a guy's like, I'm burning all my Batman comic books. I'm not going to read Batman again. You oh know, ben, Affle- ben Affleck has tainted, you know, 
you know, my love for the character. I'm like, 24 hours hasn't even gone by at the time I was seeing some of these posts. And it's just, I think there's always going to be haters and stuff like that. I think you just kind of got to go, you almost have to go on with blinders and go sit in the theater and, you know, you can't sit there with your arms folded and go, okay, mess up and I'm going to point it out. If if you're going in with that attitude into it already two years ahead of time, uh, you're, it's doomed to fail in your eyes if that's how you're viewing it. So, I, I mean, that's that's four of us. I was almost kind of wondering if one of the four of us was going to be on the opposite side. I think that because the four of us love the Batman character so much, I think we put our trust in, you know, Warner Brothers as a whole that they're, they're just not throwing darts on a board and go, okay, we're going to pick this guy. I mean, Ben Affleck was slated to... Um, film the original Justice League movie. So he's... Uh, Even Man of Steel, too. I think they offered it to him before Zack Snyder. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And he's kind of like Warner Brothers' golden boy, you know, right now. And I would assume if they... When they asked him to do this, there was probably a writer, an underwriter in the contract, like, okay, you know, I'll do this, but, you know, I want full backing of, you know, four of, four of my other projects. So I think it's going to be a, a good run for a good choice for Warner Brothers in the long run. Yeah. I have to say, too, probably out of the four of us, maybe I wouldn't say call my reaction negative because I'm kind of, I know you said earlier, Dana, it's either you love it or hate it. I think I'm kind of more in the middle where I'm hoping for the best. I, I think it, when it's all said and done, it will be you will be a good Batman. Hopefully at the same time, there's part of me that's saying, uh, there's probably other actors maybe who could have been better for it. So I guess I am in the middle yeah. kind of, but I have to say I'm, really getting annoyed with all these online reactions to this whole thing. The thing that you just mentioned, Rob, was like, come on. And then I see a petitions going on trying to get people to sign him to get Ben Affleck out of the uh, film and all that. I was like, are these people really that serious? Like, do you even consider yourself fans if you're going to all... To me, you're showing how you're not a fan if you're going that overboard in reaction to that, saying you're going to burn your Batman comics or you're not going to read them anymore, starting these online petitions. It just seems to get worse and worse with each... Either Batman announcement or comic book movie announcement. It's like all you see is the negative stuff and these people overreacting, and you know they're going to see it anyway. And it's just it's getting really annoying to me. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> I, I think Terrence, I I'm wondering if you experienced this or not because I think we're approximately the same age. I can remember. I don't remember what movie I saw because. Uh, the trailer had such an impact. I was we were with a family seeing a movie and seeing that very first Batman Michael Keaton trailer. There was no music; it was just the the voiceover. That I was just blown away by with what I saw. Like there's a live action Batman movie, and that that totally eclipsed you know <laughs> whatever movie that my family went to go see. I kind of wish we were back in that that framework that you could go to a movie in 2014 and see the trailer for the Superman Batman movie and without any preconceived notions or anything like that and just see that was the first chance you got to see Michael Keaton as Batman and then you go oh okay now I'm on board so I think it's going to be one of those as as soon as they can get out some footage of what he of what the new bat suit looks like what he looks like in the cowl just even like the uh, one shot of Superman when he was thrown into the uh, bank vault, wasn't that out like a year before? Two uh, years, the, actually. I think. Yeah. 
So, I mean, right now, I would almost assume there's probably an outfit, a costume, either really close to being finished or there's they're doing some test stuff right now if we're talking a, a two-year, you know, jump that they've got to start getting a lot of that stuff soon. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see something. I would love to say by Christmas time that'd be a great Christmas present to, <laughs> to see something, but uh, I think until we can really see what he looks like, um, we can kind of start making some judgments. But What do you guys think we'll see first? A picture of him as Batman or him as Bruce Wayne? Probably Bruce Wayne. They'll probably, they'll probably uh, hold Batman for a little bit. But uh, just to answer your question real quick, Rob, yeah, I remember really clearly because I was reading um, Starlog magazine a lot back then. I was like in eighth grade, yeah. and I, I was just getting into the comics, and Starlog was reporting a lot of that the movie would be a lot like the old 60s show, and there was a lot of people who could only envision Batman live action, you know, 60s, pow, wham, and... um it was kind of there was an article um, with uh, Burt Ward where he said, you know, no one's going to accept uh, Batman unless Adam West and I play Batman and Robin in it. And if Adam West isn't Batman, people won't go see it. And I believed it. I was just a kid. I'm like, oh, wow, if it's not Adam West. And then the tone was kind of like not only was it Michael Keaton, who was known for comedies and, and Mr. Mom, I think, was his biggest hit. Um, but it was also the director, Tim Burton, who people only knew him from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So it was like, yeah. you got Pee Wee's Big Adventure's director, Mr. Mom is Batman, and it was just a, they were actually going to make a, a Batman with, um, Bill Murray as Batman, uh, Robin Williams as Robin, and I think Ivan Reichman was going to direct it, and that got shelved, so there was a lot of that. But what, what changed for me is, um, they released some footage, and I think it was the trailer, but um, they showed it on Good Morning America. And my mom knew I was into Batman and all that stuff, so she taped it for me on the VCR. And when I got home from school, she's like, yeah, they, they – I forget if she, I knew it was coming on or she told me, but when I got home from school, I watched it, and it was the scene in the museum where um, the Joker has Kim Basinger or Vicky Vale – and Batman, like, crashes through the skylight, and then the Joker kind of looks at him, and he holds up that, like, grappling kind of gun thing and shoots it across the museum and then, um, you know, uses it to uh, kind of glide through the museum and kick and the uh, goons along the way. And that is – I saw that, and I was just like, this is the Dark Knight. This is what I'm reading in the comics. This is going to be awesome. And that – from that moment, I was on board with Keaton just seeing it. So – um but I think people will probably be like that with Affleck. Um, did I just say that like the duck, Affleck? <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Already pictures of that with the duck with the bat cowl. Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even mean yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, but uh, now I lost my train of thought here. But uh, yeah, I, I think um, yeah, well, I think once people see it, they'll see it. Oh, that I was going to say. You know, the thing everyone criticizes George Clooney. And if you watch that performance, which unfortunately I've watched that movie way too much, you know, George <laughs> Clooney is not a bad actor and he's not acting badly in the movie. The problem is the script is so bad, like what he has to say, you know, like when the script says pull out a credit card that has uh, the Batman symbol on it and say bat credit card, never leave the bat cave without it. I mean, there's not much you can do with that, you know, and when, you know, so um, I have a lot of faith that. Affleck's uh, script will be a lot better, and, and Goyer is probably going to write it, or you know, Affleck's going to have you know people rewrite it, and Zack Snyder is going to make it look really good. So I've got a lot of faith that no matter who was playing, 
Batman. Um, it would it would look really good. I mean, I've never seen Affleck in anything that made me scream like, "Oh my God, this guy's got to be the next Batman!" But I have enough faith in his acting skills that he'll pull it off. And you know, it's like I said, it's two roles: it's Batman and it's Bruce Wayne. And this is a guy who you know made it big when he was a kid. You know, Goodwill Hunting hit. He was like twenty, twenty one, twenty two, something like that. And so at like the age of twenty three, he was a multi millionaire star of Hollywood. You know, he dated Gwyneth Paltrow. He dated Jennifer Lopez for all that time. Now he's married to Jennifer Gardner. I mean. You tell me he can't play a, a millionaire playboy. He is a millionaire playboy. You know, he's just got to act natural. So uh, I, I think uh, the Bruce Wayne stuff will be really good. And the fact that he's 41 to me shows that they're they're going much more for a, a Dark Knight Returns kind of you know uh, vibe to it. So yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to. It. I'm I'm more interested. I'm over the whole thing of him. I'm more interested in like where is. Superman in relation to Batman and has Batman been fighting crime for 10, 15, 20 years and now Superman shows up and, you know, where exactly um, does the whole thing fit in the timeline? So the only thing that will ruin it for me and just destroy it is if they try to make it look like it's the Nolan verse, like he's just Christian Bale. Like if they have him come out of retirement and they have, uh, you know, Michael, Ke- uh, no, Michael, Ke- Michael Caine play Alfred and they bring in Morgan Friedman and they try to do that, that would kill it for me. But other than that, as long as this is like a separate Batman, then, you know, bring it on. Yeah, I don't it's think sad. they'll do that. I hope they don't. It sounds like they're going with him being, you know, 41 to be more of a seasoned Batman that he's been uh, doing his thing in Gotham City, and it's this alien that's coming uh, to Earth that he's got to. Because if you have like a 26 year old, golly gee, my I just got back from training and I'm ready to bust some heads. You know that young Batman's going to get his butt kicked really, <laughs> really fast, as opposed to a Batman that's been Batman for a very long time, and he could still get his butt kicked, but is the Batman that is constantly growing and he's going to find a way to beat you. So I don't think it'll be a Batman coming out of retirement. I think it's a Batman that has been Batman for quite a while, which also begs the question. So if he's been Batman for a while, uh, you know, where are the Robins? Who has he had, you know, and all that type of stuff. So uh, those would be, you know, plot points we'd probably get in a standalone Batman movie. But um, yeah, there would have to be a couple little mishaps you know, that they would take to really take you out of the movie. But I think they're going to steer clear from the Nolan movies, leave those alone, and um, this will be its its own thing. So I will say this. Uh, one thing that kind of has me a little worried about the whole Ben Affleck casting is that, to me, it's sounding more and more like this is going to be maybe more of a Batman movie than a Man of Steel slash a Batman Superman movie where they're going to have equal amount of time. I think now that Ben Affleck is cast, he's obviously a bigger star than Henry Cavill, so you know he's going to get top billing. And that just makes me wonder, if we're going to focus more on Batman when this is technically a Superman or Man of Steel sequel, I still don't want to have Batman overshadow Superman in this movie, just for the fact that it technically is a Man of Steel sequel. And But with Ben Affleck being such a big star, I'm kind of guessing that that might be the case now, where he's obviously going to get top billing and he might be the main focus of the story. And that happened back in 89, though, too, with once Nicholson's name was uh, attached yeah. to it, you know, it was Nicholson and Keaton, so. 
Yeah, it just feels like Superman is not the character getting the short end of the stick, even for his own sequel to his movie, which to me <laughs> is disappointing. As much as I like Batman is my favorite superhero more than Superman, Man of Steel was so good, I just wanted to see it to kind of not get Superman to be forgotten in, this, in his own sequel. What would be really cool for them to do is to really downplay Affleck's screen time, that you're wanting to see more of Batman, that it's Superman's movie, he's getting top billing, he's getting you know, 70% of the screen time that it's not till the last, you know, quarter of the movie where it's really Batman and Superman that you walk out of the theater going, oh, I could have had more Batman in this. And then like, well, hey, you'll get that in Justice League or in another year and a half, we'll have a, uh, a standalone Batman movie again. Oh, you're so wrong, Rob. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> It'll piss people yeah. off so bad. It'll uh, piss people off so, so yeah. bad. And plus, Warner Brothers... <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, close to 700 million worldwide is not good enough for them for Man of Steel, which uh, a lot of people think that that's the reason why they're putting Batman in this movie, just to kind of get it to that billion-dollar mark. And I think they're just going to keep advertising this as a Batman-Superman movie, and Batman's going to be everywhere in all the advertisement and the promotion for the movie, and he's probably going to have a big part, especially if they're getting Ben Affleck for it, who's a big superstar. So, yeah, yeah I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <They're gonna downplay. laughs> And I, I don't want to sound like too where like oh you're not not allowed to not like this casting choice. And yeah, if you don't like the casting yeah. choice, that's fine. That's your personal preference. But just to go to the extreme and say all these things like uh, petitions and burning your comics and bad movies—that's the stuff that gets annoying. So Tim, the thing is, those people who say that would never actually really do it. They're just full of it, you know. Yeah. They're, they're actually never going to do it. So you're just like, just don't even say it. I know. So it makes it so annoying. <laughs> Like, you're going to be first in line when that movie comes out for the midnight showing. Hey, I have a question for you guys. I've been trying to pull up the press release, but I can't I can't get it up for some reason. And um, what do you think the chances are? Because I don't know did, if the press release said that uh, Ben Affleck is playing Bruce Wayne, Batman. Or what do you think the chances are that he might be playing Batman, but it, it's not Bruce Wayne. It's Dick Grayson or... Maybe even John Paul Valley, which there's probably like a zero percent <laughs> chance. But a, a, a Dick Grayson would probably be the more logical. Do you think there's any chance it's Batman, but not Bruce Wayne? No, no. Z- zero. Yeah. I, Plus, uh, to uh, in the quote in the press release, Zack Snyder said that um, he has the charm uh, of billionaire Bruce Wayne. So he did mention Bruce Wayne by name in this uh, quote from the press release. So. Yeah, I don't think there's any way possible they're going to go with another Batman besides Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne, you know, he, Ben Affleck's 41, but he might be playing a little bit younger in the movie. But even if he's playing, you know, 36 or, or 37, um, it opens up the potential that there have been a Robin or Robins. Yeah. So that, that'll that be interesting. And it, it opens up the potential that, you know, maybe Dick is uh, Nightwing, you know, and maybe. I hope that's the case, too. Because if they're going to redo a whole new Batman series, I want that to be Robins included in that. I know everyone, that's the other joke that's going on. Oh, Matt Damon's going to be Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, yeah. I've heard that before. Like, even after Batman and Robin came and went, before Batman Begins got announced, there was a rumor that they were going to be Batman and Robin in the next, in the fifth movie. <laughs> wow. So I'd like to see him as Aquaman. <laughs> I could see that. Or maybe uh, Lex Luthor now, since he balls for Elysium. <laughs> since every bald actor now is getting considered for Lex Luthor. Yeah, I'm just looking at the press release uh, right here. Um, 
since he had the acting chops and the layered portrayal of a man who is older and wiser than Clark Kent and bears the scars of a seasoned crime fighter, but to re, uh, retain the charm that the world sees in billionaire Bruce Wayne, I cannot wait to work with him. Uh, referring to Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne Batman. So that's from the official Warner Brothers press release. Now, I have another question for you guys. How do you think Ben Affleck feels about all this hate on the Internet? You think it's getting to him? Because I actually think it's probably a good thing, as long as if he if he's got a thick enough skin and after going through all that Jennifer Lopez, what do they call it? Uh, Benefer. Benefer, yeah, all that stuff. He's probably got some thick skin. But, I mean, if everyone is, or not everyone, but if, if so much hate is against it, all he can do is prove him wrong. Like, if everyone is like, oh, this is going to be great, you're going to be the greatest Batman ever, then I think I'd be more like, oh, crap, I'm going to let them all down. I, I think it'd probably motivate him more to prove him wrong, but um, I think there's any chance he might just like be like, all right, screw this, forget everybody if, you, if it's that, if you're all going to hate me. No way. I think he's no. probably used to this by now. Like, and, sorry, I was, go ahead. I was going to say, like I said at the beginning, for some reason he's like the joke of Hollywood, now, or at least the joke to fanboys, where he's like the worst actor of all time, so I'm sure he's heard it before, and this is probably nothing new to him. Yeah, that, and I... Like I think I said earlier, I'm sure that the, he has other things that are inside this deal that he's not going to – it's probably going to be a huge paycheck. And I, I want to say that somebody posted what he was going to get for this role. I don't know if that figure is, is right. I thought I heard like $60 million or something, this crazy amount of money that it was more money than Nicholson – received for the Joker and with inflation and all this other stuff. But I'm sure he's got a lot of things underwritten in his contract that, you know, if he does this, Warner Brothers is going to do this for some of his other projects. And Warner Brothers is distributing two other movies that he's directing um, and starring in uh, in the upcoming uh, 2014 year. So, um, yeah, I don't see him walking away from it. Like you said, probably if anything, it'll be like, well, I'll show these guys. I also get the feeling, too, that there was more in this contract than just him playing Batman and Batman, Superman, and Justice League. What if he's going to be taking on directing uh, duties for a future DC movie? What if he's going to direct Justice League or direct the spinoff Batman movies? So I think there's probably more to it than just him starring as Batman. I definitely think now we're going to see a DC character movie directed by Ben Affleck, whether it's Batman, Justice League, or something. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just thinking... uh, Everybody that doesn't like Ben Affleck as Batman, you know, this whole announcement thing, just go listen to the Bad Fans of podcast number 36. There are, are a lot <laughs> of choices out there. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed John Stamos or Sylvester Stallone <laughs> didn't get cast in it when yeah. this announcement was made. <laughs> but, you know, the, it still leaves it open that, you know, uh, John Stamos could be the Joker. So, <laughs> very true. Although I, I'd rather him be a new villain, Emperor Uncle Jesse, but you know, I know it's the Joker. <laughs> you know, he could be he could be Lex Luthor, be like the Superman Adventures of Lois and Clark TV series, where that Lex had you know a full head of hair, and it's revealed that he has a bald cap. Maybe they could do that kind of thing. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> but um, another thing I wanted to ask you guys about it. Um, what do you think, like, when you hear a new casting announcement for Batman, no matter who it is, what do you think is more important when you hear the actor's name, like, for him to be more important as him as Bruce Wayne or Batman? For me, I think Bruce Wayne's the more, like, important part of the character to pull off than Batman. 
because yeah, not everyone can look good in the cowl, but the cowl definitely helps a lot <laughs> in your suit too when you're in it. But just to me, pulling off a believable Bruce Wayne is so much harder. And that's the thing, knock I have on Michael Keaton, where I think he's fine as Batman, except for being a little too short. But his Bruce Wayne, I just never really bought into. Yeah, I, and I'm one of those that I think George Clooney did a decent job being Bruce Wayne. He he kind of looked apart, and it, even kind of looking at George Clooney now, he looks like he could be an older Bruce Wayne. So, yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, I think Terrence, you said it too, that a lot of the superhero movies and things we see is going to be a majority is stunt double work or, in the case of Man of Steel, CGI work, you know. So it's only going to be, you know, the, you know, the bust shot or the um, head shot of dialogue that will be Ben Affleck or if he's just sitting somewhere like in a bat cave or staying there talking to Superman so, yeah, I, I would agree. I think being able to pull off the Bruce Wayne uh, aspect is a little bit more important because you get the cowl on, you can hide things a little bit easier. But, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, in fact, in the Batman and uh, Robin behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, Chris O'Donnell even talks about the fact that uh, he and Arnold Schwarzenegger never worked together. They were never there the same day. Every time you see Robin... And Mr. Freeze together, it's stuntmen. <laughs> and, um, in fact, the Arnold Schwarzenegger stuntman looks so much like him that you can't even tell the difference between Arnold and the stuntman in the, and they could do like even close-ups and stuff with them. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you, Tim. Pulling off the Bruce Wayne is, uh, more important. Um, I thought Michael Keaton did half a good job. He kind of had like the the dark brooding, never gotten over your parents' murder, introspective kind of guy. He he failed in kind of like the uh, pretend to be a playboy yeah, to cover exactly. it up, yep. and he also didn't really look the part. You know, he had the glasses and he was kind of short and scrawny looking a little bit, and you know he didn't really look like a guy who had been, uh, you know. Training. For yeah, like he traveled the world and sought yeah. from all these different martial artists and all that. I don't think he could have climbed the mountain in Tibet. He could probably <laughs> barely make it to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> well, that it's something that always bothered me about. Uh, I would say his portrayal, but the way they wrote that Bruce Wayne character, Vicky Vale is going around going, uh, "I'm trying to find Bruce Wayne. You know, which one is he?" And you ask Bruce Wayne, he's like, "Oh, I don't know." you know who Bruce Wayne is in Gotham City. You yeah, know, yeah. you don't walk into a room and go, I don't I don't know where Bruce Wayne is. Everybody's going to be flocking around. You're in Wayne Manor. And I'm, I even remember just being a freshman in high school going, really? You don't know who Bruce Wayne is? Yeah. So I, I hope he has that. I hope he has that little Kevin Conroy, you know, Bruce Wayne about him. But he's a, a little clumsy, a little unsure of himself. But but still has that regal, you know, Prince Charles kind of, you know, almost royalty, you know. Um, not as snobbish as Alex Luthor would be with money, but a little more humble, but still walks into a room and commands respect because you are Bruce Wayne. Yeah, two things about that. Number one, if I was Bruce Wayne and someone who looked like Kim Basinger said, which one's Bruce Wayne? I'm like, it's me. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> and if I'm not Bruce Wayne, I'm like, I'm Bruce Wayne. Nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> I always, and then I always loved in Batman Begins um, 
how they like clarified that when when uh, Bruce goes to meet um, Carmine Falcone and he's like, "You're the Prince of Gotham City. You'd have to travel was it, like 500 miles to find someone who doesn't know who you are yeah. or something," you know. And so they they address that in Batman Begins. So yeah, that was cool. Okay, so uh, Ben Affleck dies uh, <laughs> from now until twenty fifth or whenever they start filming. They have mm-hmm. to recast the role. And they decide to hire the guy from the Facebook movie. How, how do you convince me that uh, the the guy from the Facebook movie is Bruce Wayne Batman? By recasting? Which, <laughs> yeah. That he's playing the John... Since Bruce died, he's playing John Paul Valley or Jean Paul Valley, And he's the Asbats. Because he does kind of look like, you know, Jean Paul a little bit. So... <laughs> At the same time, too, what we're saying about Ben Affleck and everyone giving our time, I'd have to give this that guy the benefit of the doubt, too. Yeah. Well, I have a question for everybody. Was there, with all the rumors going around of potential actual people, was there somebody that you were like, oh, good, I'm glad it wasn't that guy? You know, was there anybody that you were like, oh, I hope it's not, you know, Army Hammer, or I hope it's not, you know, somebody? Was there somebody on your list that was like, oh, please not him? Gerard Butler. <laughs> John Stamos. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't be Army Hammer just after what a dud uh, the Lone Ranger was. I just didn't really want the Batman coming off a bomb. So having a Batman who's coming off Argo, Academy Award winner, is that's pretty sweet. Yeah, for me, not really. It was just like, it had to be really, really bad for me to be so disappointed. It had to be like, I don't know, like Justin Bieber was cast as bad or something to get me full on hating on it. But there was, I didn't really have anyone in mind that would, who I wanted or not someone who I didn't want. So I was kind of ready for anything, really. Yeah, well, Justin Bieber can't do it because he has to keep that time free to do episode seven. But, uh, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but Tim, when I mentioned Justin Bieber being in episode seven, you made that noise like, uh, I think if you were a Simpsons character, that would be your catchphrase. Like that, <laughs> like that disgruntled, like soul crushing, you know, like uh. groans everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Duff Man. Uh. Yeah, grown man. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, Tim, the crushed Star Wars fan. That would be your. <laughs> you'd hear Mo go, "Hey, we're closing the bar," and you'd hear, uh. <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so was there any, like, rumor or speculation that Ben Affleck was going to be Batman in this movie? Uh, people were saying, I'd have to go look at it. I was watching on YouTube uh, the AMC network. They have a, uh, a kind of like a talk show. And they were saying that in the original Justice League movie that he was going to direct that there was talk about him actually playing Batman as well as directing. So that was, what, oh. a, a year a year and a half, two ago? Um, so I think that that may have been their Batman choice all along. Yeah, but not specifically for no. Batman Superman, the no. Man of Steel sequel. Right, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, because there's been talk of Ben Affleck doing Batman going all the way back to the mid-'90s. You know, I remember, you know, even when Batman Begins and... Even when he took the role of, of Daredevil, I remember people saying, like, well, he's doing Daredevil because he didn't get Batman kind of thing. So, um, or, and I remember here's some things people saying, like, he was doing Daredevil to showcase that he could be an action hero. So, um, yeah, it's always been out there kind of, 
but to to have it become concrete was definitely a, a whoa moment. It was funny because uh, I heard about it and I, st- I was talking to my wife and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're gonna we're gonna have so much to talk about the pot, you know, like so much to talk. And I'm going on all these things, all pretty much all everything I said to you guys. And like right in the middle of it, I'm like, wait, I need to stop. I need to save this for the podcast. And she got like all offended. She's like, oh what? You can't talk to me about it. <laughs> so. And- my wife's comment was more of like, isn't that going to confuse people? She's like, we just had, she's like, why, didn't, why isn't just Christian Bale again? And I was like, well, it's a different universe and trying to explain that whole thing. She's like, but what about all the people that don't read comics or don't understand universes? And she's like, somebody like your parents are going to go sit down and go, huh, I thought that other guy, why did, why is it this Ben Affleck guy? And do you think there's people that are going to go that are just going to kind of scratch their head and going, why the change? Or do you think people are used to that now that it's like, eh, if actors change, you know, you think people are going to be able to separate the Nolan universe from the Snyder universe at all? Uh, unfortunately, I don't think so. Not everyone. There's always going to be people out there, especially, like you said, since it's so soon after Dark Knight Rises came out, it's only going to be, what, three years? And then... They're going to have a new Batman. I think there's going to be a lot of people like that. I mean, when Batman Begins came out, I think it wasn't until when Dark Knight came out that some people finally realized that Batman Begins wasn't a prequel to the 89 Batman and all those movies. There was tons of people who thought that. And, yeah, we went Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, a lot of people was wondering, too. Like, why did they recast or why are they just redoing a whole new Spider-Man franchise again? So I think there are still going to be people that, might be confused or go into it thinking it is going to be Christian Bale or will be confused as to why didn't Christian Bale just come back? I'm going to disagree with you, Tim. Let's, let's mix it up here and, uh, and okay. get some edge to the podcast. <laughs> um, there was a lot of that with Ama- Amazing Spider-Man. I think part of that was because um, the uh, uh, what's this? Tobey Maguire Spider-Man never really had an ending. They never like, this is the final movie. Um, and he was kind of really, for most people, the only one they ever knew who played Spider-Man, and people liked it. So I heard a lot of that, like, why? Why don't they just have Tobey Maguire again? Um, I do think, you know, there's been the rumor that, and I think it's pretty true, that Christian Bale was offered $50 million to come back, and he turned it down. Uh, that got so, to be false. <laughs> yeah, that, was it that false? Was, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was false? Okay. I'm sure he was offered something, but $50 million? Yeah. Was it, it, was, it was in a book that was published of... Uh, you know, why Christian Bale is a good Batman, and this would be a price that he would probably okay. come back for. So, Okay. Well, uh, I, I think because The Dark Knight Rises was always billed as the ending, the ending of the trilogy, that I think it'll have less of an effect because I think a lot of people who saw the trilogy feel like it ended. And I think Batman, going back to, you know, the serials, which most people don't know, but the Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Christian Bale, there's more of a um, history of, like, different people play Batman, and it's more looked at like the James Bond. I do think people will go to it and be like, well, I like Michael Keaton better, and I like Val Kilmer better, and, you know, Christian Bale was so much better. Like, they'll people will pick their favorite Batman, just like they pick their favorite James Bond, Um and it's usually the one that they kind of first saw or grew up with or in some way. But um, I think be- Batman transcends that a bit. It, Batman, James Bond, maybe there might be another role or two. Santa Claus, you know, in movies, you know, people aren't like, well, I thought Tim Allen was Santa Claus. What is this? Like, there, there's a few roles that people kind of say, all right, this is a role that different actors play and it's in different things and it's di- in different uh, genres. And I, I think Batman's 
kind of reached that level where, it, you know, people get it and accept it. So that's my opinion. Dane, you can be the tiebreaker. Which way do you go? <laughs> I'm sorry. Your answer was so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I rambled on. I was listening to the pod. Maybe I told you guys this. I was listening to the podcast uh, on the car, and my kids cannot figure out whether I'm talking or one of you guys are talking. And one of you said something, and it was like a sentence long, and stopped. And one of the kids was like, was that you? And my wife was like, no, it was real short. It wasn't him. So... <laughs> <laughs> The question was, were, are people going to be able to accept that, you know, Ben Affleck is a new Batman and it's, it's, a, it's a new role in a new universe, or will they be confused at why isn't this Christian Bale uh, um, Batman that they're seeing? Yeah, I think people are going to be confused. Um, we're not going to be confused, of course, but the average person that goes to the movies on a regular basis may not know that. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of room for confusion, you know, with the switch of, you know, Christian Bale to, to Ben Affleck and the whole universe being changed. I think one of those things they do in the in the trailers and uh, the write-ups, if they put uh, Christopher Nolan, the director of the Dark Knight trilogy, you say that and they'll go, oh, the Dark Knight trilogy. People don't see it's like director of, writer of, not like this is tied to. You know, you'll kind of see people go, oh, I thought this was supposed to be the Dark Knight, you know. It's like, no, it's just a guy that helped, just directed it. He's just we're trying to tell you where he came from. I wish they wouldn't do that. And so you go, this is the producer of this movie. This is the writer of this movie. It's like, if you know it, great. But if not, you're not helping sell the thing that you're actually I, I guess you are you're trying to get people to come see it because if you liked what this guy did we'll probably think you'll like this too but don't think that this is what this last guy just did I think people will have an easier time accepting a new Batman I just think the big issue is accepting or knowing that this is a separate universe from the previous films because like you said Terrence there have been several different actors to play Batman so that won't be nothing new but to separate it from the Nolan movies I think is what's going to be the confusing part probably to some people and I think something that would help and I I think I've said this in every podcast so far no more black stupid suit I do not want to see a black suited Ben Affleck in this movie I don't want to see a black suited Batman again ever put him in like an Arkham Origins, give him a gray bodysuit with black. I think just by changing the costume and changing the look and the feel of Batman a little bit, making him look more like Batman, uh, I think will help rather than feeling like he has to be in this black tactile suit that you can't even tell there's a Bat logo on it. Well, Rob, I, I will say right here that you're kicked off the podcast again. Oh, man. Because I... I don't know what it is. I I like the the black bat suit. I I think it's a real good look. It's it it looks a little sleeker if that's a word than uh, what's seen in the comics. And see, uh, now now I'm going to get into an argument. <laughs> I, I, I I've never never liked that at all. That was the one thing that in every Batman movie that's ever been made. Uh, I just look at it and go, he doesn't wear black. He doesn't wear black. You know. It, and my wife would be like, get over it. I'm like, I, I take a comic, I'm like, what color is he wearing? Ah, gray and blue, or ah, black and gray. It's not black, you know. I think maybe during the uh, Troika 
issue that came after Nightfall and the Prodigal with Dick Grayson's first time as Batman. I think he wore a black suit like very, very briefly. But uh, I still say if Spider-Man can wear blue and red and Iron Man can be gold and red, then Batman can look like Batman. I remember when Batman 89 and Returns were out, I thought the black costume was the best Batman suit ever. I wanted everything to be in the black costume comics. And I remember, I think I said this before, when the animated series first got announced and I saw the first image of it, I was like, oh, how come he's not wearing the full black suit? But then later on, as the years went by, it got a leaning more towards the classic comic look that you like Rob, the black and gray or the blue and gray. I think it would actually be nice to see that in the movie, at least just once to see how it would look on screen. Yeah. I mean, I think you could still do something sleek in a darker muted tone, but you still have it, you know, look fresh. And I, I'm really thinking that they're going to go new 52 style that, you know, he won't, if it, if it's not black, he won't have any trunks of any type. And it's going to be more of a, you know, Origins Arkham City type of a looking suit to Batman that still looks practical. It's not a leotard. So well, Rob, it was nice knowing. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> See you next time where you'll get kicked off for the fifth time. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> kind of like South Park. Kenny gets killed every episode. Every ep- Bat Fan episode, Rob will get kicked off the podcast at some yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come back. See you in two weeks, Rob. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing I'll say about the suit is I'm looking forward to probably seeing some kind of battle suit that was seen in, you know, the Dark Knight um, Returns in either the cartoon or the animated movie or the the book, because you figure if he's going to take on Batman, I want to see him in some kind of that battle suit with the helmet. I don't want to see him just pull out a kryptonite ring or or a chunk of kryptonite. Uh, I want the battle suit, so... And that could have a blue-gray scheme that might be metallic and look really cool. I just hope it's not as bulky as it was in the Dark Knight Returns. I want something more sleek, but still packs a punch to take on Superman. Yeah. All right, so is that all you guys want to say about Ben Affleck and his his acting chops? (laughs) (laughs) And Batman Superman? I think we pretty much made clear our feelings and thoughts on the announcement and the speculation, but I'll just say again, I'm waiting to give my full judgment on the casting choice and the performance until I actually see the movie. You know, you mentioned it before, Terrence, and I've mentioned it before. I've learned my lesson with Heath Ledger with thinking, oh, it's a terrible casting choice, and I don't like what I see in his, in his attitude towards it. And <laughs> couldn't have been more opposite when the actual movie came out. So ever since then, I'm not going to judge fully until I see the movie. So I, I am optimistic. Like I said before, was initially shocked and thought there's better actors out there to do it, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt to see if he can pull off a good Batman. What about you, Terrence? Yeah, I agree with everything you said, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting little bits and pieces and pictures and clips and um, see if it's the black suit or the gray and blue. Yeah, I, I we're probably all pretty much in agreement. I just it's we know who the actor is now. It's just time to sit back, relax, and not get our panties in a bunch and just. Uh, wait till we see those first couple images come out. Yeah, but we're the best fans of our pants podcast, so we technically wouldn't get anything in a bunch because we're not wearing anything. <laughs> well, then I guess we don't want the little tag in our T-shirt, you know, flipping up on us. You know, you feel like you got to uh, tear it out. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess we can just move on to um, a new thing, which is 
uh, the the Batman Arkham Origins Collector's Edition. And I have to say that I've bought a couple of um, Collector's Editions for other video games, and I find that I don't really care about like the extra stuff that comes with it. And I find that I don't care about anything else except for the game. So being a, a financial wizard that I am, um, <laughs> I think I'm just going to buy the regular the regular version of this game because i mean i don't think i want you know blueprints for uh what is it uh is it the batwing yeah uh, yeah and like the, the the dossiers on the assassins and the led joker statue or even like the, the art book i mean i don't think i've ever looked at an art book for a video game really that's like yeah. one of my favorite things about collector's edition to have a really cool art book it's either an art book or a cool toy or statue that comes with it that kind of entices me to pick up the collector's edition. Yeah, man. I just can't see myself, you know, putting down the game and looking through a through an art book. I mean, maybe if it was a Star Wars book. I mean, I, I mean a Star Wars game, because that would be really weird if a Star Wars book came in the Batman Arkham Origins collector's edition. But... <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, I find that I don't even like the um, the extra stuff that comes with the collector's edition. So so for now, I'm just gonna buy the regular standard version for for PlayStation Three. Yeah, there's too much collector's box sets coming around around the same time. You got this. You got the Dark Knight trilogy Ultimate Collector's Edition. You got the Clone Wars Complete Series Collector's Edition box set. Like all those things I want to get, but I mean, steal. That's right, but it's not like a box set of like several. Yeah. There's a cool like uh, S logo statue that they have on it. Though. Uh, this is the going to be the first collector's edition that I've bought ever, and that was kind of a a big pill to swallow for like my wife handling the budget. She go, "Why do you need to spend 120 dollars?" And I was like, "I've never done it before." You know, it's Batman, and uh, that she just got rolled her eyes. But it just with me with all the extra stuff and never having gotten a collector's edition really of of anything before and getting all the different skins and uh, we you're also getting the um, what is it necessary evil. Uh, Blu-ray if you got PlayStation or DVD if you have uh, Xbox. I actually forgot about that documentary. I remember it being announced and being excited for it, but I just never really heard too much on it. But now when it was announced in the collector's edition, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That sounded yeah. really cool. So I'm I'm really kind of excited to get it and see, you know, kind of what it's about. I've watched a lot of unboxings of, you know, people doing their collector's edition. So um, I don't know if I'll ever get another one, but I figured, you know, what better way to get than, you know, Batman. So I'm I'm kind of excited for it and just with all the extra little things, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with the blueprints and the dossier. It'll be kind of fun to, you know, read it for the first time. I'll probably file it away or maybe put it with my comic book collection. But, um I'm a big art person, so just I always like looking at you know concept art, and I've got you know movie books for the Star Wars and Batman movies, and just prototype things. I just I like that type of stuff, so I could see myself just you know thumbing through the book when I'm not playing it. But like you did say, Dane, once once I got the game in, you know it's gonna. <laughs> It's going to be a while before I stop playing it to do something else, but uh, I always have a hard time of, you know, playing games like that that have extra bonus features. Like, well, here's the skin. You can do a challenge map. It's like, oh, am I going to do the challenge map stuff, or am I going to play the actual story, or am I going to watch the bonus content? So, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get it, and hopefully it's uh, worth 
the money that I'm paying for it. I will say, too, though, I think I like the statue that comes with the U.K. Uh, box set with Batman holding the Joker by the coat. Kind of like That's what everybody up. was saying. Yeah. 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 I'll say import it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, even more, I'm even more of a financial wizard than Dane since I have no time to play the games. I wait till they're on sale for like 19 bucks in the bargain bin, so <laughs> I won't be getting it. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little scared to get these things after, um, which I didn't get, but I've just heard everyone talking about, I think it was the collector's edition for Arkham Asylum, yep. where you were getting a Batarang and it looked real cool, and then at the last minute they changed it to some plastic thing <laughs> yes. and didn't... Like, but it was still the same price that you were paying. So, I'm, you know, um, that kind of scared me away from these a little bit. Now, isn't somewhere I can't remember who uh, some places getting both the U.S. version statue and the U.K. version? And was it like New, New Zealand or something like that, or Australia is getting both collectors' versions? No, no, they're. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're only getting. Uh, the the U.S. version, um, Australia and New Zealand. I think okay. the U.K. one is only for the U.K. Okay. Yeah, but speaking of Arkham 2, guys, check out the new trailer that premiered like a few days ago after recording this. I mean, I've been excited for the game when it was first announced, but this new trailer that came out, it's like it got me really pumped for it. Not so much of the gameplay stuff that they showed, but mainly the cut scenes that were featured in there. The stuff that we really didn't get in Arkham Asylum or Arkham City which I think is going to be really cool in this, is actually cut scenes in the Batcave where Bruce Wayne talking to Alfred and Alfred kind of yelling at him, too. I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. We haven't seen that in any of the new Batman games. So, and then his interaction with Gordon at the end, like stuff like that just got me more pumped up for the game and kind of has it where it's setting itself apart from the other two Arkham games, I think is a good thing. And I like the integration that they were talking that uh, you're going to be able to use the wardrobe case to yeah. select the select select the skins that you want, and that the challenge maps will actually be like uh, I don't know what's called like the danger room for the X Men that you'll go in, and the challenge map is a way for you to train to do you know in game type stuff. So I think that's kind of neat that we'll be able to walk around and explore different parts of the Batcave, uh, not only in game but in you know challenge map uh, type mode. So. I yeah, just seeing that and then seeing uh, the introduction of Firefly, I think he looks fantastic. Yeah, he looks cool. And in one scene, it looks like Batman shoots his grapple and hooks onto Firefly, and looks like you're going to get kind of drugged through the city. So that could be pretty cool too. Yeah, the only thing that still disappointed me about the game is it's in the trailer too. I can't get over Bane's look, and I just hate how his mask is in this game. I just don't like how they show his like facial feature, like his mouth, his eyes. I just like it when it's all covered. Just, for some reason, it still irks me. It's not going to ruin the game, of course, but it's always going to be that one little thing that's going to be, ah, why couldn't they just keep it how it was in Nightfall? So yeah. you didn't leave home already? No, I think that's cool, because uh, his mouth is covered, and the mask is totally different. That it's Because this was like trying to be the classic comic one, but kind of being different, too. But with Tom Hardy, yeah. it was totally different that you couldn't really compare it. So If I had any negatives against the animated series, it yeah. would be Bane. Yeah, I feel like, feel like they had to show his mouth. And like yeah. He didn't have to do that. You could have moved, made it look like the material was moving. We, we could still hear it. I don't need to see. And it's not like it's a perfect lip sync anyway. That you know, This is for people that are trying to read lips. Well, uh, that, that's not going to happen in an animated or a video game sense. Yeah, other than that, Everything about the game looks awesome. I have to say, yeah. too, in this trailer, the 
few seconds of audio we got of the Joker. He sounds really good, too. Sounds pretty, you know, it's kind of obvious he's trying to imitate Mark Hamill, but it sounded pretty good, like one of the best I've heard. So I guess you liked it? <laughs> I guess you could say that. <laughs> just, just a little. Yeah. I may have to see it 12 more times yet, just just to be sure. Yeah, it looked, it looked great. It looked great. I love Deathstroke. He looks awesome. Oh, that was something, since you mentioned that, I love the scene in that where they're fighting and Batman punches Deathstroke's mask off. Yeah. And, you know, he's a white-haired goatee, eyepatch assassin. Yeah, that was cool. All right, so I guess we can get into our conversation with Alex segment, since he's the only one that emails us and seems to care, even though he... um, He abandoned us last time. (laughs) He cheated on us with another podcast, which, Alex, this is the last time. Uh, I'm tired of being cheated on repeatedly by you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you don't live in Iceland, which is... uh, You disappoint me. (laughs) Alex, don't... I say, don't worry about it. They vote me off every week. They're just voting you off this week. You'll be back next week. Don't worry, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, Alex, um, uh, I just want to ask you, I'm just throwing it out there. Do you think you could move to Iceland and uh, live there? Because that would be awesome. Because we could be the only podcast, Batman podcast, that has a listener in Iceland. Because I don't think they speak English there. Um, you would be the only person, and that would make you unique in a Icelandic kind of way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd do that for us. There's a guy who... There's a guy listening to us in Reykjavik right now, like, smashing the desk, like, no, I, <laughs> I was the only one. <laughs> yeah. What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> oh, he should have wrote an email. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, uh, so Terrence, why don't you uh, read Alex's beautiful, beautiful, long, scripted email? I will, and just for the record, we were not kicking Alex off the podcast. We're just forbidding him from listening to any other podcasts or watch any other television, media, anything. He just can only <laughs> listen to Bat Fans Without Pants 24-7. Exactly. Yeah, so Alex says, hey, guys, great episode. 35 was kind of meh, so I didn't write in. And when he read, I said that, I'm like, uh-oh. But then he said, I'm kidding. Both were awesome. So I was like, whew. So you got me on that one, Alex. Um, I wasn't expecting an episode to come in so early, so I didn't get to finish my email in time. Excuses, excuses, excuses. But we'll, we'll let it slide. He says, I really like Flashpoint. It might be my favorite of the new DC animated movies. I didn't care too much for the art style, but it's better than being generic because I'll remember it. I have a huge admiration for those guys for finding a way to pack the film with so much content without any of it feeling rushed or overwhelming. Like most of you, I only read the main story and the Batman tie-ins and wasn't disappointed with anything being adapted. I remember being really upset with Barry in the comic, but I really liked him throughout the movie. I also really want a Barry Allen live-action movie. I'm worried about there being... Wait, wait, Terrence, Terrence. Yeah. What if Alex is Alex Rodriguez? (laughs) 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 I got to try to, like, read it in his voice, you know. Because I I guess he wants a Barry Allen movie, so when he's suspended for doing things, he's got something to do, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this is, uh, it could be. It could be him. I mean, we have no no clue. I mean, he could just be putting on this thing where he, you know, he lives in Detroit, and you know, he um, 
he likes Batman when in actuality he's A-Rod, the soon-to-be suspended baseball player. Nah, he'll That's how win he me. deals yeah. with all the stress that he's going through right now. He's yeah, exactly. Our podcast. <laughs> Your podcast helped me recover from my hip surgery. And <laughs> Wait a minute, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I was just telling my friend Derek about the great... But no, um, <laughs> all right. I don't think they're friends anyway now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. My pick for you. Know, all right. So let's see. Where was he? All right. I'm worried about there being a pilot for a Flash show with the Arrow TV show. I really had to push through the first three episodes of Arrow, and I didn't like it at all. Um, the conversation on this last episode may have been your best yet. I appreciate how elegant you all handled the toilet paper debate because it's a serious issue that needs to be addressed. And the full Thank house cast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And the full house cast taking on the Batman universe was great. I think it would be hilarious if the woodchuck puppet was Scarface and Joey was the ventriloquist. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That was actually a good angle. Yeah. Actually, it could get in some real dark territory. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck, Ranger Joe? Let's find out. Chomp, chomp, chomp. <laughs> so, Ranger Joe, that's what his name Yeah. <laughs> a TV show. It's kind of uh, scary how much we all know about Full House. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So he's got three questions for us. So his first question says, what kind of look would you like for the new Batman movies? Costume ideas, atmosphere of Gotham, level of grittiness or darkness, etc.? And we kind of covered the costume um, earlier. Uh, Atmosphere of Gotham will be interesting because I'm, I'm assuming most of the movie is going to take place in Metropolis, but it'll be interesting to see how much of Gotham um, is kind of portrayed. Um, so um, what do you guys think? Costume and, and Gotham for the new movie? I actually wouldn't mind having the more Nolan feel to it because with Man of Steel, it had that feel in that movie that it could be set in the Nolan Batman universe too. And like they had those real locations that we saw, those stores and like the IHAP and all that. So if Gotham's kind of like that too. I wouldn't mind it where it's kind of similar to what it looked like in Nolan's movies. Yeah, I, I think I agree a little bit. I would like to see a little more like gothic in structures, maybe a little bit of a blend of real world Nolan and with a little bit of the Tim Burton. Maybe not as exaggerated as uh, Forever and Batman and Robin with giant statues holding a building in its hand or <laughs> something like that. But, you know, just you know, big, large, you know, buildings and, you know, obviously it'll probably be a little bit darker and things like that, but probably more of what, what we've probably currently seen with what uh, Superman and Man of Steel has done. And yeah. no black costume. Yeah. And I, I think I read, and I don't know if it's official... But they're they're filming. Um, they might be filming the sequel in Toronto, which would be really good because I don't know if you guys have ever been to Toronto, and I haven't been there in about I don't know ten fifteen years. But it's it's actually a really really big city. It might not be the most populous, but as far as just spread out geography, it's really spread out and has lots of different neighborhoods, lots of different looks. It's got some really gritty industrial sections, which could kind of be like. Um, the Tim Burton sort of warehouse scene where the Batmobile kind of shoots it up and uh, um, kind of violates Batman's rule against guns. He's, he's okay with guns as long as they're <laughs> attached to an automobile. But um, the uh, so Toronto might be really good for Metropolis and, and uh, Gotham City. Okay, next question from Alex. He says, who is your favorite Batman comic book artist 
and favorite superhero artist overall. I'm going with Jim, and I think it's Aparo, but I, I never know how to say his name, uh, for Batman artist and Bruce Tim for overall. So who is everybody's favorite Batman comic book artist? It's hard to go against Bruce Tim <laughs> with his style. Yeah. But I guess overall for superheroes, I think I'm just going to go with the popular opinion probably and pick Jim Lee because his Batman's awesome. But then also, too, what he did with Marvel and the X-Men and all that. I mean, his art style is one of my favorites. So overall, I'd probably go with Jim Lee. For me, the artist that I first go to is Dave McKean. But he didn't technically draw Batman at all in the Arkham Asylum book. I mean, he did, but he was covered in shadow pretty much the whole time. So um, it's either going to be Dustin Nguyen or um, J.H. Williams III. I really like his Batman. It's, it's plain, it's simple, but it, it just strikes you. So, so probably it's, it's a tie between those two. Yeah, I'm going to um, break it up a little bit. And uh, my favorite Batman artist uh, is Brian Boland. I love the killing joke. I love how he drew Batman in that. But uh, for Robin, I always liked Tom Grummet, how he drew uh, Robin. He, I think he, he did the original Robin series after they did the miniseries. And for Batgirl is Dustin Nguyen. I, I just loved Dustin Nguyen, Stephanie Brown, and the artwork and how he, he drew all that. Yeah, uh, you took uh, one of my Robin artists, uh, but Freddie E. Williams, who did the uh, final Robin run uh, before it switched over to Red Robin. I think he did some, too, when Fabian Nassaya, or Nassaiza, I think that was his name, uh, was writing Robin. Nassaiza. I can never say that right. <laughs> yeah. Nah, nah, well, not going to write for Red Robin anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, Jim uh, Jim Lee, it's kind of a, an easy go-to, but uh, those would be mine. Uh, Freddie E. Williams, I really liked his Robin, and then when Batman would appear in the Robin title as well. And I thought he also drew a really good Nightwing as well. So that'd be mine. And one of my honorable mentions, I mean, we could be here all day with great Batman artists, but I've always loved the way Todd McFarlane, and I know that's like a fanboy response, but I love the way Todd McFarlane drew Batman. The only problem is he didn't draw enough of him. He did, you know, a little bit of year two, which have some of my favorite Batman covers with the cape. And um, he did that Batman spawn um uh, is, you know, issue. But if you look at Spawn, uh, he's kind of, uh, there's a lot of Batman in Spawn there in, certain, in a lot of scenes and stuff. So, um, yeah, I always kind of wished I, there would have been more Todd McFarlane Batman stuff out there. I would throw a Greg Capullo out there and Patrick Gleason also. Um, at first, I, I wasn't really paying attention to Capullo beforehand. It wasn't until New 52 that I was actually really paying attention to who wrote comics, who drew comics. I just liked what I liked, and, and if I really liked something, I searched it out. So I never really, I never really like, oh, I like this guy, I like that guy. But um, I really like Capullo's style for going more, you know, current and uh, uh, Gleason. I think I might pa like Patrick Gleason's Batman just a little bit better than Greg Capullo's. Also a jock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just in Hot Topic this week, and they have that, um, and now they have a t-shirt. What were you of that. doing in Hot Topic? I was buying a uh, Superboy Pop Hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, they, 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 have, um, they have a lot of superhero stuff in Hot Topic, and um, 
they they have that jock um remember the cover that was like Joker's face and it was like all made of bats and all that yeah um yes. they, oh, yeah. they have that now in a t-shirt and it looked really really awesome I need that yeah I guess I I guess I have to brave hot topic yeah my wife order it online yeah oh yeah. Right. Yeah. My wife goes in there to get me T-shirts and superhero stuff, and she's she's like so terrified of that store. She's like, everyone in there has got tattoos and piercings and loops in their <laughs> ears, and it's like <laughs> I'm a little intimidated. But last question from Alex Rodriguez, while he's you know um, hopefully going to win some games this week against the, the Tampa Bay Rays. If only the Yankees could just play the Blue Jays every single game, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Alex says it gets very cold here in Iceland and I, no, I'm just kidding. Um, he says, what is your favorite look for Batman? I love his year one look by David. Another name I can never pronounce. Is it Machikelli? Um, that was carried into books like Batman and the monster men. And, um, I'll just, um, one of the cool things about Batman is that he can, he can adapt to so many different artists, so many different art styles. He works in so many different, you know, um, ways, but I always think Batman works best when you don't see all of them, when some of them's in shadow, when his cape blocks him, when you get that full, you know, page, every inch of Batman is lit up, it, it doesn't work as well, but, you know, my all-time favorite Batman scene is that year one, Dave Mazzucchelli, where he um, takes the, the, he breaks in and takes that flame and puts it out and tells the, all the gangsters that they've eaten well from Gotham and time's over, and so... I agree with you, Alex. That is a great, great look. So, to you guys, what is your favorite look for Batman? Mine is going to be just a plain and simple one. Kind of similar to the year one, but just the way Batman looked in the new Batman Adventures of the Animated Series. Just the gray and the black, and just the plain black bat symbol on the chest without the yellow shield on there. To me, when it's just nice and simple like that, that's always my favorite. Also, too, the... Uh, like first, or not the first, first Batman design drawings by Bob Kane, because that was totally different. But how he looked in his first appearance, like in, in the New Frontier, where it was like the old like 30s, 40s style Batman. I just love how that looks, too. I liked, again, kind of going with Jim Lee, I liked the big billowing cape. Like you said, Terrence, where he's in shadow and his cape is blocking him, that you really don't see anything that maybe there's a little bit of light, you know, coming from the skylight or the moon or the bat signal. It's just very lightly putting some shade or some color on Batman. Um, I used to be like, I want like real long ears on Batman, but I kind of like the, you know, like a medium range, not a real uh, teeny tiny short ear like uh, Adam West, uh, but more, you know, kind of mid-range, kind of like what's going on in the comics right now with Batman. I think the 89 Batman costume with Batman turns out the perfect ear size. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another image that I like, I, I, I'm probably going to get the artist wrong. I think it's David Finch uh, when he was doing, and it was either the return of Bruce Wayne or he's in the Batman Incorporated outfit. Um, I, I was never a big fan of the oval, but I did like the Incorporated outfit where they made the oval look like it was its own bat signal and the cover of the trade uh, hardcover had that image of Batman on the front cover where he was kind of in shadow, but the symbol on his chest was glowing. I thought that was a, a cool image. But yeah, I, 
I agree with you, Tim. I like the just the normal uh, black bat across the chest. But yeah, and Tim, to touch on what you said, I I, I agree with that the look of uh, Bob Kane right from the beginning. Uh, I love anything where Batman's got those purple gloves. Uh, I'm like, I got to get that. <laughs> and it's amazing how quick you know, like I guess is why the character was so popular. But they they got it so quick. I love 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 uh, Detective Comics number thirty one. It's from September 19, 1939. And it's like uh, a, sort of like a castle on a hill, and it's got Batman yes. in the background, larger than life, yep. with the moon awesome. on his shoulder, yeah, looking down, giant ears, and the the monk is carrying this woman like up the thing. I just love that image. And mm-hmm. um, in fact, when Bob Kane passed away, I forget what magazine it was in or where it was, but they made like a sort of a poster of that with you know you know. Bob Kane, rest in peace, kind of thing, and I used to have that up in my room, and I, yeah, I love that that look. And uh, when I when I said, uh, what, what is your favorite Batman look? I'm glad none of you said Blue Steel. Thank you very much for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex ends it with thanks, guys. So Alex, thank you for your email, and hopefully we'll get another one from you, and maybe somebody else. So if you're listening, whether you're in Iceland or. Hawaii and there's sirens going by your house or in, uh, you know, uh, Oakland where you've got a catcher with no uh, clothes on um, uh, or anywhere in this world. Send us an email. Our um, email is batfans27 at gmail.com. All right. So with that, I guess we can finally get into our comic book reviews. And for um, this episode, oh, wait. Before I say that, I should say it's going to be a lot of spoilerish stuff in this in this part of the podcast. So um, if you don't want to be spoiled on on the comics or Jaws, then you might not want to listen to this uh, this part of the podcast right now, and you might want to come back to this this part of the podcast. Uh, but for this podcast, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, to sound repetitive. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Uh, I had it going for a while there. You see, I, I suck at hosting podcasts, but it's my podcast, and I will host my podcast, and you guys will <laughs> Such a good do whatever. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for this podcast, we're doing the, the weeks of August 14th and August 21st. For August 14th, we have Batman number 23, Batgirl number 23, and Night. Nightwing number 23. For August 21st, we have Batman and Nightwing num- number 23, Batman number 23, and we have Rob's Bird Watch. Rob's, no, that doesn't sound right. Rob's <laughs> Robin Watch. Rob's Robin. There you go. Uh, Bird Watch is better because you got Robin and Red Robin. Well, uh, Red Hood kind of kills it, though. How about, <laughs> how about Rob's Robin's Reckonings or something? <laughs> Recollections. <laughs> well, they all wore Robin, so technically the Bird Watch says but And so does Robin. So, about, so Rob's Robin, Rob's Robin, Robin's watch. <laughs> there. How, does, how does that sound? Well, if Rob gets kicked off the podcast, can he come back as Red Rob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like he, it. Rob, you're getting kicked off the podcast, but I want you to come back as crazy Jason Todd. <laughs> yeah. Will that work? And you're going to make me dye my hair black because it was originally red. <laughs> yes. All right, that, that'll work. I just have to grow I have to grow hair, though. <laughs> but, but, but before you do any of that, you need to go outside right now, pick a car, any car, and, park, <laughs> and go steal the, the rims 
off of it. And get oh, caught. good. Oh, good, because I do not like my neighbor. This will be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you get kicked off, you can come back as a different Robin. <laughs> Your whole life has just been an evil plot of the Joker. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you, Talia Al Ghul, for bringing me back and dropping me at Joker's doorstep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but before we get um, we get into the comic book reviews, I actually had kind of a beginning of an idea for a new feature for the podcast, and it was because of what Terrence said in an email. What Batman podcast? I, I guess we can go. I, I mean, I guess we should just stay in the BatmanUniverse.net. What BatmanUniverse.net podcast do you think all of us can beat up? But the hosts and co-hosts that have superpowers. Not like Superman superpowers, but uh, Batman superpowers. So no superpowers. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really think we can do Bad Girl to Oracle because Stella's a girl and we don't want to be beating up girls. So I think Stella would kick our butt, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to embarrass ourselves. We just want to see which ones we can beat and which ones we can't. Well, I definitely think we could beat the Batman Universe Interviews podcast, because there's a lot of artists on there, and they'd be afraid we'd, like, break their finger, or and, and they wouldn't be able to draw or write, and wouldn't want to punch yeah. us. So I think we definitely could take them. Unless Greg Capullo's on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the commentaries? Yeah, because they're distracted. They're like watching the, th- the movie or this episode. We can sneak up behind them and, you know, get them Bane yeah. style. Yeah. But that, that kind of bothers me because some of us have done commentaries. So I don't want to get sucker punched by Dane or by Tim because I'll be like, hey, you're not supposed to be hitting somebody from your own cast. But then Tim could say, well,. But this is actually another podcast, Rob, so a fair punch to the face is actually called for. Listen, we'll know each other's weaknesses, too. Oh, see? Uh, I'm calling shenanigans. Yeah, so so let's start with the Batman Universe podcast, since that was the first one that uh, was on the site. Uh, So the host, Dustin. Who's a Jedi, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a a Jedi. He was also in uh, the Army, and... He's kind of a big guy, so I don't think we we stand a chance against him. But there's also, um, you know what, I can't remember that British guy's name, but that British guy. <laughs> and John. John. John, sure. Uh, and Melinda. I don't know anything about John or Melinda. Well, we, you do have Ed from the Point Five cast that I was He's part of. Too. Yeah. So I, we we could have it in. Maybe I could make a re-guest appearance on the Point Five cast, and then the rest of you guys could come in the door, and we could rush them real fast. Maybe they wouldn't see it coming, and that's where we could start getting in, but we still have to get through Dustin, which we already kind of said probably won't work. Yeah, okay. So, see, so here's my plan. Terrence and Tim will rush Dustin and uh, pin him down to the ground and beat him up, I guess, and <laughs> I, I will go... So <laughs> No, 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 no. You see, I, I think Tim, I mean, not Tim and Terrence, uh, Dustin needs two guys on him uh, beating him up because I think if it's just Tim or if it's just Terrence, either one of them are going to get their butts kicked. But combined, I think they have a fighting chance. So they're, they'll take care of Dustin. I'll take care of Melinda and John. And you, Ellen and Rob Myers, will, uh, <laughs> will take down um, Ed. 
Yeah, I, I, I could see that happening, but Ed's, Ed's a real nice guy, so I think I would probably get distracted by talking to him. Maybe if we grab, maybe if we grab, uh, Tom Paneris from Taking Flight as kind of like our ace in the hole, maybe that'll... Yeah, see, I'm not sure about, uh, Tom Paneris because, I mean, he, sure, he sounds like a timid guy, but I'm sure he, he could possibly pack a punch. That's true. He's also a teacher, much like Terrence, right. so... Okay, we, so Terrence, you take out Tom Panneries. Got it. The teachers, <laughs> and me and Tim will take down Dustin. And you, Rob, you have the hardest job. Don't start into conversation with Ed because you'll end up just talking talking to him, and he'll sucker punch you. So don't talk to him. And you take down Ed, Melinda, and uh, John. Wow, I get three. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I know I know how I can get to Ed. I can just tell Ed that Catwoman in the New 52 is the best uh, bat book of all of them. That'll just send him into a frenzy. So I think I've got him cornered. Okay, so that's a good distraction. You see, you got it. You got the right idea. <laughs> now, Terrence, <laughs> what are you going to do with Tom Panneries? Uh, I'm going to be all over. I'm going to uh, pick him up. Like Bane picked up, you know, Batman and, and break him over my knee, and then I'm gonna bring him to that prison in, uh, you know, with the big pit and just leave him there with just one little like iPod behind the screen, like that TV, and just make him have to listen to the Bat Fans podcast again and again unless he can, you know, realizes don't use the rope to climb out of it, which he won't. Okay, so me and Tim are gonna take down Dustin. We gotta go into it like Qui Gon and Obi Wan against Darth Maul. I'll bring yeah. No, 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 because Qui Gon died. Well, you can be quiet. Um, <laughs> well, apparently well, we're throwing... You, you, you are older than me, Tim, so... Darn it. I think you're Qui-Gon. Darn but it. But we are not going to do the Qui-Gon-Obi-Wan thing. Okay, Obi-Wan-Anakin, there you go. <laughs> no, you're going to go in first, knock... Um, Dustin down, and uh, you're just gonna be laying on his chest horizontally, and then I'm gonna uh, body slam onto you, onto your back, which in turn will hurt Dustin on the bottom because he has at least 200 pounds on him, and we can just beat him up that way. And then once he's beat up and tied up, we we can go and help Ellen and Rob Myers. <laughs> take take down Melinda, John, and Ed. Because I, I'm sure you're a strong guy, Rob, but I don't nah. think you can take on three people. Who am I kidding? I'm going to cry like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, so, I didn't know we were going to be hitting. <laughs> so, with all that stated, do you think we can beat up the Batman Universe podcast? I say yes. It sounds like the perfect plan. Yeah. Just remember, lay on them horizontally, not vertically. You know? <laughs> Everything goes, everything's screwed there, up. <laughs> there is only one major, major problem with your plan. We can yeah. we can never, ever post this podcast, because <laughs> as soon as we do, they know we're coming. Damn it. <laughs> I knew this was a bad idea. <laughs> Dang it. Um, how do we catch them off guard? Okay, I, I'm gonna send out this podcast to Dustin. Dustin, uh, well, they don't listen to this podcast, so they're, they're never gonna know. Yeah, when they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if they do, how do we how do we uh, surprise attack them? We just do everything we, opposite. Yeah, and we just wait till episode 45 to attack. Yeah, that could work. See, they you know they what? wait for That's they wait for fun. 37. 
They, they're waiting at 38. They're waiting at, by the time they get to 42, they're like, eh, those chickens aren't going to do it. On the night of the 47th podcast, bam, guess who's coming in on 48? Yeah, yeah, that's a good plan. That's what we're going to do. So, I'm going to ask you guys again, do you think we can beat up the Batman Universe podcast? Yes, even if they know we're coming, we still got them. Okay. We're, th- we're that strong. Tim? How can it fail when we're working together? <laughs> as a unified front how can we but not succeed and to quote a line to quote a line from Star Wars I have a real bad feeling about this <laughs> I just want to hear I want to hear Dustin scream like General Akbar. it's a trap <laughs> actually it's Admiral Ackbar oh Admiral that's right I, I demoted him sorry yeah. alright so Bash uh, fans won Oh, sorry, Bad Fans Without Pants. <laughs> fans Without Pants 1. Instead of Bad Fans Without bad. Pants, which should be Bad Fans Without Listeners. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the Batman Universe podcast, nothing. Yes. So, we may be so subjective in our thoughts but in, and our decisions, but this is our podcast, and we'll do what we want to. So, um, our rating scale for this week is going to be... <laughs> Such a great transition. Was yeah. <laughs> So our rating skill for this week is going to be uh, Ellen and Rob Myers. What is it? <laughs> it is uh, the number of times uh, fanboys uh, said they were going to burn or destroy their Batman stuff upon hearing the news that Ben Affleck is their new Batman. Okay. So Ellen and Rob Myers for August 14th. Where do you want to start us off at? Well, I think we should save uh, the best for last, and let's start with Nightwing number 23. I liked this one. Uh, At first, I had to pull out issue 22. The way 23 started, I thought I'd missed an issue, because 22 ended with uh, the prankster holding all of the Chicago Police Department on wires, and they were all held at gunpoint, and then this one starts... Uh, top of the John Hancock building, and I thought, wow, I, did, did I miss something somewhere? Um, have no idea why Nightwing's on top of the John Hancock building, and who is the redhead that's hanging off the building? So it was a little disjointed, and then, like by issue, or by issue, by page two, or maybe three, you get a, some blurbs of, you know, there was only one police officer that survived, there were some trains that derailed, and all this other stuff going on. Um, and uh, Tony Zuko's family uh, is now realized, well, his, his wife uh, realizes that uh, she isn't married to the man she thinks she is, and uh, the mayor is uh, trying to plead with all of his councilmen and everything that he's uh, he doesn't have this money. Uh, why are we believing a lunatic? And uh, we finally get the end reveal that as Nightwing is saving uh, some people on a boat, that as he's done saving them, that Tony Zuko is offering to uh, help Nightwing take down the prankster, which uh, I I guess I kind of knew that was coming, but uh, I wasn't expecting to really see it in this issue. I thought we were going to kind of get the surprise ta-da moment in the next issue. So I like where this is where this is going, um, although with the whole Forever Evil thing coming around the corner, I'm wondering, is Nightwing's clock ticking a little bit <laughs> uh, louder than normal? So kind of seeing the front cover of this with Nightwing almost uh, crucified on the cross kind of had me <laughs> a little worried. But 
I don't know if this is one of Kyle Higgins' strongest issues so far with Nightwing, but I, I do like it. I think the uh, next issue does hopefully have some good payoffs. So I'm going to give this uh, three and a half out of five times that a fanboy right now is just lighting yet another match to his Batman comics because uh, Benifer is the new Batman. You know what I never got? I mean, this is kind of a random thought, but you know what I never, I, I never got about Jaws 1? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is random. <laughs> why didn't um, why didn't they just use dynamite or a bomb to, to kill the shark? Because if you think about it, they had the shark within their sights because you could see the shark with uh, those uh, floating barrels on it. So why didn't they just time it right? Put put like a piece of fish around it and uh, throw it into the water. And the shark would eat it and blow up. Well, maybe they, within a small town, maybe they couldn't afford a, a bomb or something like to blow it up, big enough to blow up the shark. Yeah, but they can afford to pay a guy to go and kill the shark the hard way. <laughs> it's just too easy. <laughs> yeah, and if they use the dynamite, then what are they going to use for the Fourth of July fireworks celebration the next weekend? Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um, Tim, what did you think about Nightwing? I'm pretty much right there with you, Rob, on this issue. It was good, but it wasn't the strongest out of this whole uh, Chicago arc that Kyle Higgins is doing. I think it's mainly a good setup issue for what looks to be the conclusion of the story arc. Like you said, too, it's a little disappointed, too, in the beginning where it just starts off with Dick beating up these pranksters' men, and we don't really see what happens to, uh, at, to the city and the policemen that how issue number 22 ended where they're all pranksters has them all tied up and there's guns uh, hanging from the ceiling or if they move they'll get shot they just kind of mentioned that in passing saying like well, only a few officers survived you didn't really see the outcome to that cliffhanger from the last issue so I was a little disappointed with that but the stuff in it like you mentioned with Zuko finally being found out by his family and his wife saying how oh, you're a liar and how uh, it's kind of like hypocritical of you saying you're telling your son to like don't steal and to treat others with respect and all that. But yeah, here you are. You killed. You're a criminal. You killed this family, and but you won't turn yourself in and do the right thing. I did kind of like how it showed how what she said kind of rang true to Tony Zuko. Where I see, see his son doing the right thing to that kid he stole that toy from, but now he's like offering his favorite toy to him. So it's like Zuko is having a positive effect on his son to do the right thing, but yet he's not doing the right thing, and he has a criminal past. So I did like that and how it motivated. It motivated him to go to Nightwing to have him, have both of them work together to stop the prankster. So it did end in a good cliffhanger, too, where it looks like it does say the final showdown when the next issue. So it looks like it's going to wrap up pretty soon. So wondering how the whole Tony Zuko thing is going to end. Is Dick going to capture him, turn him in? They're going to have, like, a confrontation where Dick's tempted to kill him, or would Tony Zuko betray Dick and try to kill Nightwing? So... Really anxious to see where it's all going to end up with Zuko and Nightwing. And like you said, Rob, too, I am kind of worried about <laughs> Nightwing's fate and future issues because there is that advertisement that's going that you've seen in certain comic issues where it's like the Nightwing symbol kind of full of blood dripping in it, too, kind of like how the Death of Superman logo looked back when he died. So, like you said, it's not looking too good, but I just hope it's not the case where Nightwing does die, but we'll find out. But overall, this issue... I'm probably going to go ahead and give it three and a half uh, items that fanboys are burning and destroying of theirs of Batman since Ben Affleck has been cast. Do you think that they can kill Dick at this point? I, I, for part of me, it's kind of hard to believe since they just killed off Damien, but uh, yeah. maybe 
wouldn't be too shocking if they did. Yeah. I, at this point, I don't think anything's sacred anymore. I, they can just kill anybody off or just say nobody existed just at the whim of a drop of a hat, so... Yeah, and plus, you know, he'll be back, so they'll probably figure, oh, we'll kill him for a little bit, and he'll be back a year later or something. Hey, uh, I didn't read this issue, so I'll have a random thought, because I wanted to ask you this question, Tim. Um, how does Darth Vader go to the bathroom? He like... Because <laughs> I, I saw this fathead commercial with Darth Vader big on the wall, and it kind of shows... Because normally you see the cape, you know, is blocking it, and this time you could see underneath it... And I was like, does he just drop those pants and, like, sit on a toilet? Or does he have, like, some kind of diaper? Or do they ever mention any of that in any of the things, how he moves his bowels and pees? Or They actually do, yeah. Hey, Tim, Tim, don't tell him. Don't tell him which or, okay. or how the process is. Okay. Tell him which book to read. Okay, it's called uh, Darth Vader, Dark Lord, and it does go into that. About really? He goes into okay. that movie. <laughs> I'm going to have to find out. Because I was wondering if he wore a diaper, like in Empire Strikes Back, when uh, when he's fighting Luke and he's like using the Force to throw all those things at him, and Luke's getting hit with like a, a box, and so, that have been good to like use the Force to throw his diaper at Luke. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Darth Vader has a diaper, just doesn't sound. <laughs> yeah. The way it's explained works fine. Okay, does it have something to do with like that pod that he sits in in Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> no. Okay, because I thought maybe he hooked up to a tube or something in that. That's his meditation chamber. Is it just meditation? I thought it like did, did like medical stuff with him too, or or not? It's just just meditation. Yeah, there's like some cool artwork that like, shows him sitting in there and like he shows like thinking about Padme in the past, where like has his uh, hand over his eyes, like kind of in regret. That's oh, wow. a great picture. Yeah, that's a great picture. So, Terrence, where did you want to take us? Um, let's go with um, Batgirl number twenty-three. And since I didn't read it, let's find out what Tim and Rob think about it. Uh, and since uh, my comic book shop did not put this book in my hold, I too did not read this one. I'm really disappointed. So let's go to our next co-host, Tim. Uh, what did you think of twenty-three? <laughs> and Tim, if you look on the show notes, it's Batgirl. <laughs> so this is like the cooking uh <laughs> there can't be one mistake on these show notes. There's always something. Yeah. Dates are wrong, numbers of the topic gets in the wrong, now it's bad grill. <laughs> yeah. uh, but part of me kinda wants to say I didn't read it just because everyone else didn't know, but yeah. <laughs> I did. Without <laughs> a peer pressure, come on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one was just okay. I'm kinda glad that it's finally starting to focus on the whole Gordon trying to find Batgirl to bring her to justice for what he did to James Gordon Jr. And it begins with him going to Sharice, who is actually Nightfall. But I guess she was never brought in, or she got off somehow. I forget what happened in that whole arc in Batgirl, but she still has, like, her whole corporation, and Gordon's like, wants to visit her to kind of see if she has any records on Batgirl and all that. But she's still operating as Nightfall, and she thinks Gordon's actually just saying that as an excuse to get to her and to shut her down. So they're kind of just saying okay to help them with finding Batgirl, but they really have their own motives. And we really get more back Barbara trying to have a social life with her roommate, and then we see her still not fully leaving on the Batgirl personality behind because there's, like, these two punks that start hitting on them, but then they won't leave them alone, and she, like, starts, she breaks a piece of glass from a restaurant and threatens them to leave them alone and all that. So she's still kind of fighting with herself to let go of Batgirl fully, but she knows she won't. But the main thrust of the story has to deal with that guy, Ricky, who she went on a date with and helped save from Nightfall. His family's all messed up in crime. Like, his brother's been captured by this criminal who uh, 
that girl helped beat up when they went on a date, and so he's kind of after revenge against that guy, Ricky, so he kidnaps his brother and threatens to kill him if he doesn't come. And so he does, and he tells Barbara that he's probably, calls her and tells her he's probably not going to come back, and that it was like, like pretty much nice to know you, and don't worry about me, this is what I have to do type of thing. But she, of course, goes out to save him, but not in her Batgirl outfit, and she gave up the symbol of Batgirl for what she did to James Gordon Jr. She's just kind of in a, just a typical ninja outfit, sneaking up and taking down these uh, criminals, and then tries to stop Ricky from killing this guy who has his brother hostage. But what happened at the end kind of had me a, a bit confused, because it ends up with the police force there, and the guy that kidnapped Ricky's brother, his gang's all there, but they've been taken down by Batgirl. But then he pulls a gun out, and is about to shoot Ricky's brother. But then Ricky has a gun pointed towards the criminal who had him captured and is about to shoot him. But the panel is kind of how it didn't make it clear of who got shot because there's a panel that shows Gordon shooting, just him shooting, but it doesn't show who, and Barbara pushing Ricky out of the way. It looks like at first that Gordon shot the criminal who had Ricky's brother hostage, but it turns out his back roll goes to the ground, there's blood on her hand, and it ends up Ricky got shot. And this, it ends with Gordon saying, heaven help us, and you see Batgirl kind of crying over Ricky's body that was full of blood. But it didn't really make it clear that Gordon shot him. It made him look like he shot the criminal. So I was a little confused by that. I kind of thought it could have been laid out a little better in the paneling of how the issue was drawn. But it ends with Ricky being shot, and Batgirl's kind of crying over him, and then it just says the next issue that it's going to be collateral damage in Batgirl. So doesn't look like we're still fully getting the Gordon chasing Batgirl story arc that I thought we are going to get, but now it's going to focus more on Barbara dealing with the death of Ricky and all that. So we'll see where the story leads. But overall, just an okay issue. I'd probably give it two and a half items that Batman, supposedly Batman fanboys, are burning over the Ben Affleck casting announcement. You know what I was just thinking about? What if that Nightwing picture is just a distraction or a red herring and Gordon kills Babs? In her Batman or, or Batgirl outfit. So that would make more sense, really, than have Nightwing. Yeah. Oh, no, no, wait, sorry. I have to rephrase that. I heard from a secret source <laughs> that <laughs> Gordon's going to kill his daughter. But you can't say who. You can't say who. You just want Stephanie Brown back, that's why you said that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, Gail Simone isn't writing, uh, what is it? Oh, the, the zero-year tie-in. So maybe that's a hint of things to come. I mean, I heard it from a, my secret source that that's going to happen. So it must be true. <laughs> I, I, do think yep. it's funny with, I do think it's funny with Gail Simone that a lot of the tie-ins or annuals or things like that are never written by her, and those tend to be the better issues. So, Some of them. <laughs> well, yeah, well... <laughs> Some of them. In the context of the Batgirl book. Okay. Do you guys remember the Catwoman at uh, number zero? Uh, By Nesanti? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did the whole Batman Returns thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just remembered how terrible that was. <laughs> and every issue after that, too. <laughs> yeah, Rob can certainly attest to that, since he was kind of forced to read it. <laughs> oh, please don't remind me. I had forgotten that. <laughs> <laughs> But moving on to better stuff, Batman number 23. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Tim. What did you think? Another awesome zero-year issue by Scott Snyder. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this one had probably one of the best moments in of all of Scott Snyder's run to me anyway, because I'm pretty much a sucker for Batman uh, moments where he actually becomes Batman and the whole origin of that moment where he decides to be Batman. Not just the vigilante to avenge his parents' death, but to become Batman. And Snyder, Snyder did that great in this issue. And I was curious, too, because he's saying how it's not going to 
it's going to be different from year one, but yet in the Court of Owls story arc, we had that one issue where it started off with the classic scene of year one of Batman sitting on a chair with the bell, and the bat flies in and lands on the statue. And then that's when he knows it's that's where he's going to be Batman. But it actually worked really well in this issue at the end where he's going to that room that we're all familiar with. He sees that statue or the bust of his father, and he's kind of a little bit, I don't want to say too much like that animated series moment where he's at the gray zone and he asks for, for them for forgiveness for not wanting to be Batman anymore because he still wants to be Batman anymore. He still wants to be Batman in the story or a vigilante. But he's just saying, like, what do I do next? I'm going about this the wrong way. Like, I'm fighting this war in a foolish way. What do I do? Then he has this, like, light or orb that shines on through the house. And, like, you're able to see, it looks like the Batcave pretty much as he turns it on. There's this great panel image where it reminded me of Batman Begins where the windows open and a bunch of bats are fly, flying through in the window. And he has that pose, just like in Batman Begins with his arm out, it's like kind of taking it all in and embracing it. But that was cool. And then the classic moment where he goes to sits on that chair and there's that one bat flies down and lands on that bus of his father. And he's she said that, yes, I shall become a bat, the classic line that I love. And then he goes for the bell, just like we remembered from year one was such an awesome moment. But I like how Snyder kind of incorporated a little bit of that Batman Begins element there with all the bats flying through. I just thought this is a great addition to this already iconic scene in Batman's history. But I do say it is kind of a little disturbing knowing that when that bat flies out the window, an owl comes out and kills it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's still a great moment nonetheless. And then the beginning, too, was really cool with... Because the last issue ended on a cliffhanger where Bruce entered into that building and it blew up. Of course, we knew he wasn't going to die, but the Red Hood gang was there. And this the way that they're taunting him, and then throughout the issue, it's paralleling between Bruce struggling to get out of this predicament, but yet it shows his past, like he's remembering the time he fell down the well, and then his father's there to help him out. I love how those two sequences were paralleling each other in this beginning of the issue. And I think what makes it really cool, too, is that the stuff the Red Hood Gang leader is doing to him, you know that's the Joker. It's, it's all leading to it. That is going to be the Joker. I think it just adds so much more to that, too, that their history began this early on in Batman's career, before he even was Batman. The only weakness I will say about it was that the Red Hood leader said because of his parents' death, that's kind of what inspired him to do this. I kind of wish it wasn't because it seems a little too coincidental that because of what happened to Bruce's parents, it's that him on the path to becoming Batman and also the Joker to become the Joker. I don't know, it just seems a little too convenient for them to be inspired by the same tragedy. I think it works better when you don't know what really made the Joker who he is. If it does turn out to be the Joker, maybe it won't, I don't know, but I just thought that was an addition that really didn't need to be in there to have that where he was inspired by Bruce's parents' death also. Then we get more stuff with the Riddler and Uncle Philip where the Riddler kind of betrays his uncle and then leaves him there trapped in the room and kind of says that he's leaving him and he's going to do things his own way. I don't want to say that ruined the issue, but I will say that's probably the slowest part of the story that kind of brought it down maybe just a little bit from the great stuff we got in the beginning and then the great stuff at the end. So overall, another great issue of Zero Year from Scott Snyder, really liking what he's doing with Bruce's origin. And then the backup, too, is probably my favorite one yet, too, where Bruce is in this, like, pit, in this, like, street fighting arena where he's taking down all these opponents, but the only way for it to stop is for him to kill him, but yet he won't. So the leader keeps sending more uh, opponents for him to fight, and he's taking them down almost to near exhaustion. But yet, when she says, who's next to fight, everyone's scared, saying he's like some kind of monster, he's crazy, he can't be beaten. 
so no one will go to fight him, and that's how he wins without killing anybody. It was just a great moment, a great scene. Bruce, so determined not to kill anyone, but yet beating all these guys up and dominating them to where he just can't lose. It was awesome. So it's pretty much this whole issue was great. I just didn't like the whole thing with the Red Hood gang leader tying into Bruce's parents being murdered. So with that, I'm going to give it four and a half out of five items that fanboys will burn and destroy just because they don't like Ben Affleck as Batman. Another awesome issue. So what would you do if you found out that uh, the Red Hood leader mm. is really uh, Bruce's brother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Terrence. Yeah, no, I wasn't able to get the comics for that week, so I, I didn't read it. Uh, oh, my God, a, Terrence. I know. But quick, I know. I just, but a quick question, guys. Did any of you guys get the zero-year director's cut? issue i oh, picked I it up i picked it up and looked at it but i i didn't get it yeah not worth it it's got a heavy price tag it's like seven dollars or something yeah yeah all right so ellen and rob myers <laughs> uh, my my wife didn't read it but i did so uh, <laughs> i i like this um i kind of hope that the Red Hood leader is a red herring that it's not the joker that the joker is actually one of the other uh hench red hood men and that you know maybe the joker will kill the leader or, or whatever so that'll kind of uh take your fear away tim that it's the joker isn't directly or indirectly uh inspired by the death of the waynes yeah it's kind um, of half and half on both because part of me wants it to be the joker because the stuff he's doing to him is like it does seem like something the joker would do but at the same time i would like it if if, if it wasn't him, because I don't like the whole wing death inspired him, so it could kind of go both ways for me. So if I'm understanding the zero year right with the backups, well, the main part of the book has Bruce trained already when he were reading the book right now, or because I I thought it kind of weird that if he's already trained and he's ready to fight, uh, why would he take the beating that he took in this? Uh, unless that's just to show that, you know, Alfred's going to patch him up. And I like the uh, line that Alfred says that, you know, I'll be here to stitch you up uh, every time, or to put you back together every time you come home. Because yeah. it's, I like when he said, yeah, if almost as if Thomas Wayne would have been on his table, he would have tried to do everything in his power to save him and almost thinks like, you know, I, I could have. If I would have been there, I, I could have saved him. Yeah, especially so, after how things ended with them in the last issue, too. It's great to have this kind of moment where they patch things up. Yeah. But, uh, but back to your point about the whole thing of when it takes place of him being trained and everything. Yeah, it is definitely, he does know how to fight, and the backups are telling you what happened before. But I think in this case, the explosion probably took a big toll on him, and that's what kind of had him at the mercy of the Red Hood game. Because after the that, explosion, you see him kind of pick him up, and the, they just start beating up on him. I That's... That's what I assumed. I just want to make sure I, I didn't miss something somewhere. But, yeah, I like this. I, I did like the Riddler stuff. Um, it, it, having the Red Hood gang in this and seeing the start of the Riddler is like there's three stories going on. You've got the Bruce Wayne story, then you've got Bruce dealing with the Red Hood stuff, and then you've got the Riddler stuff kind of going on, too. So it, it does make it a very dense book. But I think Snyder does, he does it beautifully of, you know, pacing things out just right. And uh, Capullo's art in this, I think, is just fantastic this time. 
um, was kind of initially concerned about a zero year of like, okay, how long can we read a Bruce Wayne comic? And uh, it's not bothering me that we have yet to see Batman. The closest Batman that we've seen so far is the first page of issue of, of the first uh, zero year and now the glove on the front cover. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't miss Batman, kind of like what you, we were saying about Ben Affleck. You know, he's got to be able to pull the Bruce Wayne off, and Snyder Capullo are doing that very well. Um, but I did like the Riddler stuff, and I, I laughed when, you know, his uncle is <laughs> magnetized to the floor. <laughs> I thought that was, that was kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was another great issue, and uh, I'm going to give it, just because, you know, Batman's not fully there yet, uh, so I will give it four and a half uh, out of five times that uh, Bat fans are now burning their house because they have so much <laughs> Batman stuff that it's just better to burn the whole house because Ben Affleck is Batman. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm sure there's someone who made that threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So we can move on to August 21st. And for August 21st, we have Batman and Nightwing number 23 and Batwoman number 23. So, why don't we start off with Batman and Nightwing number 23. And let's give it to Terrence. Sure, I'll do that. Um, Batman and Nightwing. Now, this one kind of just proved how wrong I was, because I've been saying all along that I thought Damian Wayne was coming back at the conclusion of Batman Incorporated, and I missed that... Um, Conversation with you guys last podcast. I was away at the beach, um, holding up a towel so no one would see me go to the bathroom. Um, but, um, the, um, and obviously Damien did not come back, although they did leave the door open with the clones and the open graves and it's comic books. So you know he'll be back at some point. So, but when I saw this cover and saw, uh, you know, Damien Wayne's boot on the front of it and, um, um, the cover has, uh, Bruce and Nightwing, Fighting the Hederic, um, if I said that right, uh, I thought, aha, this is going to be it. This is the return. And it kind of turns out not to be. It's it's kind of a simulation. Bruce is trying to figure out what could have been done different and what could have been done um, to save Damien. And he's got this VR, um, virtual reality kind of like simulation going um, and you know, it was, it was, it was, Gleason's artwork is great, so it's, it's just good to look at, but story-wise, I was kind of a little bit of, all right, kind of where they're going with this, but at the end, uh, it really has some touching scenes where Alfred, um, kind of goes in and, and looks at, at some stuff with Damien, and Bruce realizes, like, what this loss meant for Alfred as well, and, and that Damien was like a, a son to, uh, Alfred as well, and, and that's touching, and I, I kinda got the feeling that this was Tomasi, like, closing the book on the whole grief and suffering and five stages of grief or whatever, um, uh, and now they gotta move on and, and do something different and, um, kinda get over this stage here. So, you know, overall, if, if, if that is the case and we're moving on, um, I like I'll like it more in retrospect if there's going to be you know 12 more issues of this then maybe not but um, since the book will now be called uh, Batman and Two Face for at least I think five issues or something like that um, hopefully it'll it'll be a little different little different feel so I'm going to give this three uh, and I can't even remember our rating system precisely so I'll totally mess it up but I'm going to say three uh, threats 
to burn all your Batman possessions by disgruntled fanboys who would never, ever actually burn the stuff and will probably go and then write posts about how Ben Affleck is the greatest Batman ever. Okay, so, Tim. Yeah, now it's my turn to say I wasn't able to read the comics for the week of <laughs> August 21st. So. <laughs> I was able to get that um. in there. <laughs> Uh, Ellen and Rob Myers. I love this issue. Uh, I've been doing a series on my YouTube channel about the uh, uh, five stages of grief storyline. I, I think Terrence is right. I think this is the the end of the uh, this is the acceptance issue. And uh, Bruce Bruce and Dick have a good line. But Bruce ends up saying, you know, I, I can acknowledge it, but I don't have to accept it. And Dick says, you know. I, and what father would have to accept it? You just you don't have to accept that your son's gone, but you do have to acknowledge that he is and move on. Um, I, I thought this was a really good issue. That it's kind of like a, the heart wrenching moment with uh, Bruce and Alfred, where, like you said, Terrence Bruce realizes, you know, it's just not Bruce that's lost a son. It's it's Alfred too. And I was disappointed that they didn't touch on Nightwing's loss as well in this. The Nightwing is was basically entertaining the idea with Bruce where Alfred's like, you know, he's been in this chair, you know, for hours on end trying to figure this out. And then Dick's like, well, hey, is this a two-player game? And Bruce is like, yeah, sure. So they're both going to, because I guess Dick on some level too is trying to figure out what he could have done. But um, getting the nice resolve with Bruce and Alfred both, I would have liked to have seen it with Dick also having that acceptance feel as well that um, even just using the old continuity that I, I even think in this continuity that it's established that Dick has spent more time with Damien than Bruce had. So I would have thought his his loss might be up there as much or at least parallel to Bruce's too. So I I was ready to give this a five that I just I liked the way this wrapped up and it was going the way I was uh, was ending the way I was hoping it was going to but I think he, they kind of missed some sidesteps with that and not only also with that the Tomasi and Gleason were both writing the uh, Dick and Damien Batman and Robin relationship towards the end of the New Fifty Two so I'm going to give this a four and a half out of five times that angry fanboys are just now crying that they've burnt all of their Batman stuff because of Ben Affleck, and they realize that he might, in fact, be a good choice. Ellen and Rob Myers. Why don't you do your Ellen and Rob Myers, um, Robin, Robin's watch? <laughs> well, to kind of offset some of the books that I'm not reading, trying to look at my you know, budget. I've I've always been a big Robin fan, and so I've been on Red Hood and the Outlaws and Teen Titans both, and I figured there's probably some Bat fans out there that may be kind of curious what the what Jason Todd and Tim Drake are doing, so um, I won't go into full great uh, detail. We'll just kind of get to the heart of it. Um, for those of you that uh, may have not known, coming out of the death of the family and, more importantly, coming out of the five stages of grief with the Batman and Red Hood issue where Bruce takes uh, uh, Jason to basically where he died. It's because of that incident that Jason decides he's going to go have his mind wiped. He wants to forget everything. He wants to block everything uh, that has happened that Bruce and him had just uh, made up and they're friends, they're best buddies, 
And because of Bruce's tragedy, he has to feel he has to bring Jason down to his level and make him feel bad. So he goes back to the all cast and has his memory wiped. So meeting up with his red or his outlaws, Roy and Corey, he has no idea who they are, uh, what their relationships are, what they've been through. And through the course of these last few issues, uh, the League of Assassins uh, have recruited Jason Todd to go in this war to uh, purify Earth and do what the League of Assassins are doing. And Jason has no memory. He even agreed to do this, what the plan is. And in this particular issue in 23, uh, Roy is bound and determined to get Jason's memory back. And Corey is trying to do the same thing. But Jason is being uh, led down the wrong path. Or not Jason, excuse me. Uh, Roy is being led down the wrong path. And uh, the issue ends with uh, these, we don't know who they are yet, but these uh, sentient beings are here to destroy the world. And Jason is going to go into battle, trying to lead the League of Assassins with Cheshire and Lady Shiva are in the League of Assassins. And... Uh, try to offset this evil that is approaching and Jason has no idea what is going on. So I'm kind of curious to see whether Jason is going to get his uh, memory back. Uh, the next issue I believe is supposed to wrap up this uh, particular issue. Um, it's it, not an overly great issue. Uh, James Tinian is doing a, a better job than what I thought Scott Lobdell was doing. I did like uh, some of Lobdell's stuff, but I'm going to give this two and a half out of five times that uh, fanboys are just burning their bat stuff like crazy. So that is the bird watch for this two-week period. Hey, I read the first 18 issues of Red Hood and the Outlaws, and I wish I could have my mind wiped and forget <laughs> I did that. But a uh, quick question, because one of the issues, I forget which, had this thing where Killer Croc was like um, Jason, oh no, uh, Arsenal's um, uh, like AA sponsor. <laughs> have they ever gone back to that or explained why Croc was trying to clean up Red Arrow mm -hmm. or... No, uh, they haven't. Uh, that's been inconsistency has been the biggest problem in this book. Uh, that's kind of with Lobdell. He's was all over the place, and now I think Tenney is trying to repiece some of that stuff together and take certain points. But uh, they've never mentioned it. They spent this whole um, the arc before this was an outer space battle, and I was like, man, I'm I'm a Robin fan, and I'm I'm here to read former Robin stuff, but it was real thick reading to try and get through that book every month trying to read the space opera with Corey that had zero to do with Jason Todd. So Yeah, inconsistent is the word that sums up how DC's handled Jason Todd in the last twenty years. But I liked Kenneth Rockefort. I liked his artwork a lot in those issues. I just I was not a fan of the Dell's writing. Yeah, I Rockefort's uh Art was a big uh, reason why I, I was staying on the book, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm a Robin fan, so I'm just I'm just going to trudge through it. And um, I will say, Lobdell's Teen Titans run is getting better with each issue, but I'm still waiting for somebody else to come on board to that book. But it, uh, Red Hood is just like you said, it's it's inconsistent of where the story's going. I, it was starting in one way of a band of people getting together that are misfits and they're just going to right the wrongs the way that they feel they need to. 
and uh, since issue two, that's not the case. It's just a series of misadventures and just missteps. But that's what's going on in uh, Jason Todd's life at the moment. Still doesn't know who he is, and at this point doesn't even know who Bruce Wayne is. Thanks for filling us in, Rob, on Jason Todd, so we <laughs> st- know we still don't have to buy the issues. Cause those yeah. good. <laughs> uh, and the the funniest thing, the quote-unquote cliff, cliffhanger from uh, last issue was you will understand why Arsenal is called Arsenal. And it is a total, like, Duke Nukem ripoff of, like, a Bugs <laughs> Bunny where there are a bazillion guns behind his back, over his shoulders, between his legs, on his arms, and these gauntlets, like, a bazillion things. I flipped through it at the comic book store. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And I know the book is supposed to be a fun, you know, tongue-in-cheek type book, but uh, cheeseball corny, like Arsenal's jumping around in this book with like 15 guns on one arm firing in like 12 different directions. It's it's a little out there. Have any of you guys been reading the Trinity War stuff? Because I have not, and I'm wondering if I'm missing out or if it's just hype. No, I haven't. I've heard it's kind of what you're saying. It's really hasn't been living up to what they're building. Okay. Um, I just picked up, I, I've been on the Trinity War, I've picked up all the uh, tie-ins of the Phantom Stranger and Pandora. I, I'm liking it, although I was expecting more. Um, I think Jeff Johns tells a good overview, like, hey, this is what my story is going to be, and gets you all excited for it, and then each issue's like, oh, okay, where's the meat, where's the meat, where's the meat? Uh, I, I'm enjoying it, but... I'm really hoping it's going to pay off because there's only one more book left, and that's uh, Justice League, and then that story will be over. And then we're into Forever Evil, so. All right, so um, that was the Rob, Ellen and Rob Myers, Robin's Bird Watch, Robin's Watch thing, (laughs) whatever we're calling it. (laughs) I mean, whatever it is. Um, So that is also our podcast. Um, and you can check out our whole site at thebatmanuniverse.net or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse or on Twitter. And the Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. And you can follow all of us on Twitter. And you can follow Tim at timg311. And uh, you can follow uh, Terrence at iod1974. And you can follow Rob at drummerrob10. And you can also find us on iTunes at all of the other Batman Universe podcasts on iTunes, and you can rate and review us and them. And uh, Dustin's on all of them, right, Tim? Every single one, except the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Batgirl to Oracle. I don't think he's ever been on that one, so... Okay, so there's two. We don't feel like that we're not the only, Yeah, <laughs> at least we're not the only ones. It could have been one of those situations where, um, you know, you go to see a magic show, and uh, they're like... Uh, Oh, let's pick somebody from the audience to come up and help us. And you're like, oh, God, please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. And um, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> and it's you, but they bring on somebody else with you. So you're not the only one. So I guess we have that in common with Batgirl to Oracle. Um, and I forget where I left off. So I will just say... Um, Dustin's on all of them. <laughs> I just, I just, sorry. It's just such a great analogy because, like, you, like, you're like, you know, when you're at a magic show, like that happens like every week. <laughs> oh yeah, that happens. Yeah, and you're called up on stage. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you would like to send us an email, you can email us at thatfans27 at gmail dot com, and you can check out. 
God. I knew I was going to screw it up. <laughs> You're so close. Uh, <laughs> um, you can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash batfanspodcast. So, we love you, everybody. We love you. Even if you're the head guy at a magic show and you need somebody <laughs> from the audience and you pick us, we still love you anyway because our hearts are full of love. Right, guys? Yes. For the, totally. Yes. I mean, yeah. I'm 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> it's with that and Ben Affleck, you're 50-50. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always in the I'm a middle child, so I'm in the middle of everything. I don't lean over one way to the other. <laughs> Even Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that said, we love you. We love you so very, very much. So, so very, 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 very much. <laughs> I just think we should count the times you say I love you. <laughs> well, we do love our few listeners that listen to this podcast. That is you, even if you are a first-time listener. So, <laughs> bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> we'll, see you. we'll see you later. We'll uh, be in your earbuds or your uh, car stereo with a new episode two weeks from now. So, we love you. We love you so very, very much. And uh, we love you. Bye. I just realized that now every podcast for the next four years will have Ben Affleck <laughs> some kind of mention of him. <laughs> it's going to be weird. Yeah. But, you, you guys got to say bye. I love you. All right. So long, everybody. Yeah.